everybody. Welcome back to 20s and 2s. Uh, Jordan Medina back here again. Um, back here with Daniel. Um, how you doing today, Daniel? What's up, man? I'm doing great. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, me and Daniel here back with another in-depth analysis. Uh, our last episode we did Igor. Uh, did really well, actually. Uh, surprisingly, I, I, I'm I'm very happy about that. Because is it really? I haven't seen any of the yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, a de- decent amount of people actually listen to it. I'm I'm quite surprised. Yeah, I mean, um, in terms of podcasts that I've done so far, I think that one was definitely my favorite one. Right. But like, uh, what are like the analytics like on? I don't remember the numbers exactly, and but it was it was definitely um, it started off really slow, but it picked up over like right, a couple right. days. Yeah, because I remember when I was like first heard the analytics, I was like, damn, bro, nobody, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares about fucking uh, Igor. Nobody, shit. Gives, nobody gives a damn about real art, I guess. <laughs> are we still friends? You know, for real. <laughs> Inside joke there. Um, but yeah, we're back. Um, like we said, we would we would do uh, a lot of things except just music, uh, aside from just music and stuff. So today we have a special one. Uh, one that I think resonated resonated with a lot of people. It was uh, quite the phenomenon for a couple of weeks leading up to it, and even even to this day, it's still getting a lot of talk because merch is coming out, you know, uh, deleted scenes, um, interviews and stuff. Uh, I'll say, okay, so I'll just say we're doing um, we're doing our analysis on Spider-Man No Way Home. It's going to be the third installment in the Home trilogy for in the MCU for the Spider-Man character. Um, just before we say anything else, um, if you still haven't seen the movie. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Possession For real, like you're year. just missing out on history. You, you're honestly, um, just go watch it uh, and, and come back and listen to this because we're going to go into spoilers. We're going to go into everything. Um, so yeah, just just don't want, listen to this. Like, yeah, and go watch the movie, man. It's it's great. It's, um, For real, it's like 14 bucks for a crazy experience. Yeah, it was, uh, and we I watched it three times now. Um, yeah, you know, it was never a dull moment. Uh, I think it even got better the second time, especially when I watched it. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so... You know, just wanted to throw that disclaimer there. We are doing Spider-Man No Way Home. Spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. And I guess the rest of the MCU and the, any other thing that could be connected to Spider-Man at this point. So, with that being said, welcome to our in-depth analysis of Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I just want to start, what were your kind of preconceived notions slash, like, kind of ideas going into the movie, like, for the first time? Because obviously, uh, now that we're past the disclaimer um there was this idea that sony was kind of marketing this movie like really um differently i think there was like especially with the whole leaks and stuff like and like fan theories and stuff this was like the first like i think big movie where this kind of happened because right. if you think back to endgame like we didn't know shit about it like we kind of did like there yeah, were some true. leaks and spoilers but like i i was i didn't know shit about endgame right until and like so this was definitely different i think um and it's spider-man so um, I mean, what were just your, like, your initial, like, kind of, like, what were you looking forward to? What were you thinking about all the leaks and stuff and, like, the whole, just the whole marketing thing, like, in terms of the trailers and all that? Right. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a really big Spider-Man fan. So, regardless, I was very excited about the movie. It, every Spider-Man movie, I enjoy watching, even the shit ones. Um, you know, yeah, shit considered by the fans, at least. Right. And um, <laughs> whether this movie was good or bad, I, I did not need to know anything about the movie to be excited for it. Because, like I said, it's just a Spider-Man movie. I'm hyped. <laughs> but um, that being said, um, at the end of Far From Home, when they revealed his identity, that got me so excited. Because right. it's like, that's a story that has not been told on, on film before uh, with the Spider-Man character. And I was like, that is, like, I want to see what they're going to do with that. That just seems so interesting. And then um, I had heard the leaks and rumors about it being a Spider-Verse movie. I did not give the idea too much thought, though. Like, I was just like, okay, cool. If it, I did not go watch the movie with that hoping to happen because I knew 
it's funny it's actually a theme in the movie i went into it with low expectations so i couldn't be disappointed right yeah and i think um i think the idea of the league aspect um I don't know. I'm kind of like it's a two, it's a double-edged sword for me. Like I, I kind of like, like I kind of have like a fear of missing out. So like I did like look at the leaks and like it was cool to know what was in the what was in the movie and stuff. So that's like another point I want to bring out. Like with the leaks, like a lot of the major leaks were about you know Toby, Andrew, right. and uh, even even Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock, right. um, and then all the villains returning. Obviously, um, were like personally like I think that would it would have been cool to go into the movie not knowing all that and then you know the reaction the reaction was still big for every like big moment and review right. especially toby and andrew um but i think like it, it's like I, I always think like what if we knew like you know uh, iron man died at the end of endgame like i think yeah, most like, people maybe, maybe, maybe people did already kind of know just based off like story and stuff but like in the way he did it and like you know like or or even if we knew cap was gonna wield the hammer like right I don't know, that kind of like, i don't know it was kind of um annoying i guess but at the same time like I, I, it was cool i think it added to the hype and if, the movie right. probably wouldn't have had as much hype um around it if it weren't for the leaks i agree do you mean annoying in the fact that like it would have been annoying to have known that going into the movie uh annoying is that like i would i kind of wish i didn't know okay yeah, yeah like, the, like i wish the idea of me i wish the idea of uh toby and andrew being in the movie was not like even a thought in my mind 100 percent. yeah you know what i mean like if, cause if i would have saw that scene where ned opens the portals and i would have saw andrew took off the mask like, i would have freaked the fuck out like i did yeah, true i might have started crying honestly because that's a lot of the things that i um i don't know it was just like i had a lot of emotion towards it but it was more not like but you were ready for it so it's like yeah i was kind of ready for it uh, the way they did it though i was not expecting it that was gonna be like i i wasn't expecting the whole portal was gonna be the portal thing that's a good point yeah. and i didn't expect ned and mj to be the ones to kind of reveal them i thought they were gonna be kind of i thought it was gonna be like a deuce ex machina moment where, right, was, right. where they were like tom was gonna be like getting fucked up by the villains and then they were exactly. gonna come in and like save him kind of thing yeah and they would be and then they would take off their mask like holy shit kind of moment which i i think i would have preferred that too but the same you know beggars can't be choosing you know i'm happy the way they did it i'm very uh you know content with the way they did it i just it was i was caught by that the way they did it I, I was definitely caught by surprise right yeah in terms of leaks um it's interesting because i think it's a part of the marketing and like there's a lot of um wonder as to whether leaks are actual you know leaks, leaks or yeah. if it's like you know leaks it's in leaks. quotations by right. the uh producers and stuff yeah and i think it's interesting i don't know if it's true one way or the other but uh, it does feel a little disingenuous i guess to to try and sell a movie that way but i guess that's you know that's marketing so i mean yeah, I feel like we're actually. I think cinema in general is kind of starting to move into this. I think this True. is. I think it was a big thing even in the past MCU movies, but it wasn't with leaks. It was more with the trailers. I got right. that people were, were uh, feeling that like um, the trailers were, reveal, were starting to reveal way too much in the movies. Like, well, why watch the movie if I already know what's gonna happen? Kind of thing. Which yeah. is, you know, it's an idea, but at the same time, like, it, you know, they gotta reveal the big action scenes. Like, I know one of the things was like, you know, Fast and Furious Nine revealed that. Uh, like when uh, one of their major characters came back, like everyone's like, "Oh, why didn't you just save that for the movie?" You know, instead of you know revealing it in a trailer. True. Which is understandable, I guess, but at the same time, like I don't really care. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess maybe they know the audience they're making it for, because mm -hmm. like I'd say at this point in Marvel, you're not just gonna not see a Marvel movie if you're an already standing Marvel fan. Right. It's like um, I don't like I guess. You're not really seeing the movie for the plot, really. You're seeing it for the overarching it's, it's, impact. It's, it's, it's a spectacle. 
this, yeah. this movie was a spectacle and i think oh uh, i agree yeah it, it, it was like even even the ticket sales was a spectacle like 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 i said leading up to this movie was uh, was an event event itself like when, oh, tic- right. when tickets were announced like when the first teaser trailer came out and then the real tra- like only tra- the real and only trailer that they released like that was a spectacle that was so weird too yeah that's like and, not normally how they do it yeah and then and then when ticket sales officially came on like that was a spectacle and then obviously the movie like premiere day and stuff was a spectacle like true the whole movie was an experience it wasn't just the standalone film um and i think that's great i think cinema doesn't have to always be these you know um hard-hitting stories about you yeah. know certain things and like allegories for real life um i think i definitely think um spider-man definitely portrays a very um relatable and hard-hitting story but i don't think every movie needs to be like that there's uh, spider-man is a great combination of both i think yeah i agree that's a good point um other than that though what did you think about like when you were um what were you like most anticipating going into the movie i, I would say like other, it, other than it being like the identity thing and, and, and it just being a Spider-Man movie. Like I said, I kept my expectations low. I was like, I'd heard, you know, maybe they'll be in the movie. But I was like, I did not go into it hoping that they would be in the movie. Because I knew that, uh, to be honest, I don't think, you know, Marvel has the cojones to do like that kind of thing. Right. Like, when I think of fan service in, in um, cinema and stuff, that's kind of a more anime thing. And, um... Um, it's from what I've known of Marvel, they don't really pay off things. Like, obviously, it they've gone to where they are, you know, being the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a reason. You know, they're really good at, you know, paying off uh, 20, 20 movie-wide universes. Right. But I don't know them to, like, really... Like, this is Spider-Verse we're talking about. Yeah. Like, like I didn't think they'd have this the This is very ambitious, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I got surprised when, you know, Cap had the hammer. I was like, I didn't yeah. think he, they would take it that far. Me neither. And, um... I was very surprised to see that they took it that far. So, like, it was really cool. Um, in terms of anticipation, when I first watched that, uh, like, the one and only trailer, I was fucking screaming in my room, bro. Yeah. I think I went over to your house later that day to watch it with you. But when I watched it in my room, I was just like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I was audibly like, holy shit, they fucking did that. Like, <laughs> Doc Ock is in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And Green Goblin in the OG my suit God. is like, holy shit, they straight up did it. Like, <laughs> that's fucking crazy. It's, it's insane to think how, like, it's just, it's, it's so, like... It, like I, it's I, I can't even put words to it. It's so insane that like you, like you said, they were able to bring back Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, right. Jamie Fox. Like after all these years, and they just reprise the characters, and it feels like uh, they didn't lose a step. And even and even people like Willem Dafoe maybe even gave a better performance, arguably, than he did in his first movie. I would agree. And and then some characters were redeemed, like Jamie Fox Electro. Very uh, true. And then you know, and then Doc Ock. I think um, his his story continued the way I think um, I wanted it to. And I think most yeah. fans wanted it to. I was very afraid of the Doc Ock one yeah. because like the way Spider Man Two ends off is that Doc Ock is you know has learned his lessons and is no longer a bad guy, and he learned to control the arms even better. So when I saw him in the in the trailer, I was like, oh, that's super cool. Can't wait to see that. And then like a day later, I was like, wait a second, wait a yeah. goddamn second. <laughs> how how are they gonna do this without like ruining his character? And they did it fine. It, they they implemented slight time travel into this, so like, it makes sense how he came in, and it didn't ruin you know his his arc in Spider Man Two, which yeah. I was very happy about. Yeah. Um, okay, so and moving away then from from the pre stuff uh, going into the movie, what did you think? Um, kind of just detail. Maybe like maybe we should talk about this detail. Like you like getting ready to watch it for the first time so i watched it on friday the 17th you watched it obviously a day before um but like for me i don't know for me it was like such a like um 
it seemed it was such like a euphoric moment for me like lead, I, I posted this on my on my uh on my social media and i was telling my friends and it's just like like for me watching spider-man no way home it was such an event because it was the last day of school for me even before we went yeah. on winter intermission i'm just like man the whole day i was looking forward to watching spider-man right and it's just so crazy because if it was any other movie i don't think i would have felt that no true true and so just leading up to that and then like we went and got food we uh you guys dressed up and then we went to the theater and like it was nighttime right. and you just watched the movie and every little thing it was just so crazy like i just any other movie i don't think could have uh gave me that feeling and i'm just so grateful that um uh, you know, I was able to watch it. Yeah, true. Like, I did not have uh, this, like, perfect alignment like how you did with school ending and all that. Yeah. The two days before, I was just working. I was just I was just a guy, you know? Just working. <laughs> yeah. And, like, there's nothing special about it. But the day of, um, I was super excited. I think I got off work early, and I, like, told my boss, I was like, look, I got shit to do today. Oh, no. <laughs> it's funny. So, it's kind of a longer story. I did um, a, a recently apply for a new job at a dutch bros to which i got the job right and um when i was going through training they're like look over the next month you're not gonna have access to like the normal way we do our scheduling so you just gotta let us know like right now over the next like month and a half what are you doing and what days do you not want to work and i was like okay cool i can work any days but these two days right here <laughs> i'm not gonna like i can't come in like it's not negotiable <laughs> and it was uh opening night and premiere night so uh opening night i i went to see it with my dad right because um like uh let's see i was watching spider-man since i could even understand what like spider-man was so like when i was three years old i was watching uh like spider-man 2 and spider-man 3 with uh my parents and then my dad he took me to see iron man 1 for the first time and i was five years old so 2008 and like i was just trying to kind of like relight the flame <laughs> with my father pay homage yeah yeah pay homage to like how he brought me to see this and now it's like okay i'm gonna bring you to see this because now this is important to me yeah and it was like it was really awesome so like i enjoyed watching with him um other than that the following day when i saw it with all you guys it was really cool like we had a group of seven people i think oh yeah seven eight yeah eight oh yeah because i had to bring my little brother because one of our guys <laughs> and um but uh, yeah, that was that was huge too because that was the biggest turnout we've ever had. I, like, for me, that was like one of the bigger turnouts for just going out in general. Like we, ha right, I, we right. I typically have big turnouts when we go like play like basketball or something, but it's not really the same as like going out. I, I would say yeah, because like basketball is not like an organized thing. Yeah, like when we set up like seven people to like we're gonna go meet here to eat dinner and then we're gonna also go to this movie all at the yeah. same time. Like that was it's really difficult. Yeah, that was pretty huge. Like we'd use two cars for that, and yeah. it's like who's gonna drive, and yeah. yeah, and then when one of our guys flaked, it's like, all right, well, how who we give this ticket to now? I was like, I'll just bring my <laughs> oh, yeah, brother. That, that was an event in itself as well. Yeah, true. It was crazy. Who do, like? It's crazy. Like we tried giving off that ticket to like three people. And it's like, <laughs> I just not want to go. Bro? Like this is, I'm good. Like, what are you talking about? You know what? I don't want to see the fucking biggest movie of the 21st century. I'm actually, saying, dude. Like, like I just don't want to see it, man. Like, I, I don't want to see the biggest movie since Endgame. Like, <laughs> yeah, crazy. actually, I just don't want to be a part of that actually <laughs> so weird dude it's like i don't understand it but no that night was super cool um i did dress up i got in a, a tie button-up shirt that was personally designed by my friend yayo star and then um wore blue cardigan it was a really nice outfit um just 
just did it for fun. There is no rhyme yeah. or reason. I just thought it'd be cool. Yeah, that's the best reason to do it for. Yeah, exactly. Like that one meme where we talk about where it's like me going to my own wedding and like me going to the Spider-Man <laughs> No Way <laughs> Home. <going> Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't dress up necessarily. I just kind of put on a flannel, but I, I went to American Eagle that morning or I went to the mall that morning and I found myself in American Eagle and I saw this flannel. I'm like, that shit looks like fucking Spider-Man. It was like red and like, bought it on the spot. red and blue. I'm like, bought it on the spot, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, and I fucking just wore it. Yeah, because I was also wearing red and blue. My tie was red and my cardigan was blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was just like, I got to get it. Okay, but um, that's good. I'm glad we got those stories ahead. Because like I said, this this was a spectacle in itself. It's like, it wasn't just going to see a movie. It was like, you're going right. to watch like a sporting event. It was, it was like that. It's like watching the Super Bowl almost. Like but watching like... the Super Bowl, yeah. There you go. Um, Super Bowl coming up, by the way. Um, okay, so then let's just get into it. Like watching the movie the first time the second time what, what what was like like take me through like uh start start taking me through the movie what did you like what did you hate what did you kind of hate what did you kind of like and you oh, know, man. Just take me through it like what um what was the first thing um okay let's start with this first let's what was the first thing in the movie that kind of just caught you and you're like oh shit like this is how we're gonna do it kind of thing um the first thing that caught me was actually not a good thing <laughs> so overall i like the movie but I definitely have my critiques about it. And my critiques about it is because I guess you'd call me like a gatekeeping film bro. So like obviously Marvel movies have plenty of things wrong with them. Um, okay. But the way they started the movie out was like the first five minutes was kind of odd to me. They I really liked the first two and a half minutes. That was really cool with the Marvel intro, how they had um, uh, Mysterio revealing his intro like over yeah. with the... The logo in the foreground, like kind of just the normal intro, I thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, this is so much suspense. Like, this is so cool. Like, this is like uh, the tone they're setting right here is like kind of dark and I like it. Mm-hmm. And then it, it immediately sh- shoots back to the second on in Times Square when Mysterio reveals his identity. And, yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. got his hands on his hands. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's like, um, up until that moment, I was like, this is so good. I'm so ready for this. And then immediately after, they have like this really weird uh change in the tempo with like putting on this goofy song to like show him swinging away from you know all the people trying to attack him in new york and yeah. it's like that's not exactly what i would have done like you like there's so much suspense in this first two and a half minutes and you did nothing with it except you know have like a goofy song playing yeah and then like with him swinging away in like a very intense moment yeah, and that 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 was um that not, scared me a lot too. I was like, oh, please don't like yeah, yeah. fix this. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't. Yeah, for me, it wasn't necessarily criticism, but I was just kind of confused. I was um not confused necessarily because I obviously like this makes sense, but it caught me off guard. Like I I didn't watching uh, Far From Home. I it didn't think I it didn't come to my mind until we watched the movie that this is how they're gonna do it. I I just thought yeah. like we were gonna. I thought like time was gonna pass and then we were gonna like we were gonna enter the movie in, in a different point. So when they were like doing that, it makes sense though. Because um, it was such a big click finger, so it makes sense to can kind of continue on it. And they didn't really spend too much time on it. Like you know, we moved past it like pretty quickly. Right. But it's just it, it definitely caught me off guard. Um, that, we, that that's how they were gonna do the movie. Um, but yeah, that I definitely it's definitely something to um, talk about. Definitely how they kind of right. did that. So you have you said you saw the movie three times, right? Yeah. So I believe so. One, tw- two, or three times. I don't remember. I, I I've seen the movie three times, and the first time I saw it. I was not the biggest fan of the movie. I was like, okay, that was really cool. Like, um, it, it sets a really good precedent for not only Marvel, but like what I think Marvel can do with like their characters now. Cause like I said, I didn't think they have the balls to do what they were going to do. Right. So like it kind of reframed what I thought about Marvel as like a whole company. I was like, okay, cool. Like I think the future might be better. Um, 
but I didn't think the movie was anything like crazy great or anything. The second time I saw the movie, I was like, okay, this is better. I like this a lot. And then the third time I saw, it, I was like, this is a really good movie. Like, <laughs> it's actually like worth. It was worth my time seeing it three times. Unlike you know, Carnage. Yeah, um, I think that's definitely a way to put it too. Um, I think yeah, watching the movie, I think um, the first time. I think I probably enjoyed it the most. Eh, no, I enjoy. I, it was the first time I watched a movie, especially something like Spider Man. I just kind of I try to go in just to enjoy. It. Like I just want to. I just want to be there in the moment. I don't want to be thinking of how. Like I don't want to be nitpicking. Like and like you know trying to analyze like what Peter's uh, thing and all that. Like the arc and all that. Right. The second, third time, I kind of went into it like, okay, wait, let's look at the character arcs. Like how are they going? How's the story developing? How's the plot developing? Um. I think for me, I, I really like this movie. I'll just I'll just say that first. I have it in my top five. Uh, MCU movies and I and the in the top five MCU movies I hold in high regards, uh, you know the the Guardians of the Galaxies, the Infinity Wars, the the End Games even. Right. Um, I have Thor Ragnarok in there, but you don't. So I, I mean, <laughs> I, I have Spider Man Homecoming in my top five, and you don't. It's like... I love Ragnarok. I do. No, you know how I know? I know. I, you know how I know? I know. I love Ragnarok. How? Because every time, uh, our fucking math teacher, my boy, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, every time he showed it in his class, I was like. I, I was a like, good fucking day, bro. Like, cause, and I, I was he showed never, that movie a lot. Too. He showed that movie a lot, bro. Like, and we, I mean, like more than five times. And yeah. every single time he played it, I was not bored and I watched it. It was fucking amazing. And yeah. I don't know, I, I love that movie. Anyways, I digress. I just want to point that out. But yeah, I do like this movie a lot. I actually like, I like it more than Endgame. I think they're very similar in terms of what they wanted to do. Like, very true. Very crossover, you know, ambitious movies that I think kind of suffer a little bit from their first acts, and then. And but then it, you know they really start to pick up, and then when they have their really high highs, like those highs are highs, but their lows are kind of low, and that's why I have other movies ahead of them. Which, right. And I and I'm personally I'm more of a fan of the more grounded, you know, um, singular story kind of movies, which is why I like something like the Ragnarok, the um, the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing, because those yeah. movies are just kind of in within their own realm, especially the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like true. It was like when Guardians of the Galaxy came out. It was the first like space Marvel movie. Yeah. I guess. We can kind of think of Thor as, but it was more like a realm when we think about it. Yeah. So, like, Guardians of the Galaxy really showed the interstellar part of Marvel. Yeah. And, like, that was solely by itself. It was not connected yeah, to any of it in any way. And that was, yeah. like, a really cool... Refreshing. I refreshing, think. exactly. That's and the think, way to put it. And I think that's what... um. Um, I think that's what Marvel's trying to do now with all these new characters. I think now that Marvel's so established... I saw a TikTok the other day. It's like, Marvel's so established now, they have so much credibility in terms of their filmmaking now. That like if they put out anything and people will watch it and eat it up, right? Which is which is great, and I love a lot. Like like I said, there's not many Marvel projects that I just com just completely despise. Maybe like one or two, maybe. Um, and even that, I, I can still find things that I really enjoy. But I think now I saw I saw this TikTok where it's like Marvel's now like starting to become more ambitious in Phase Four. They're doing a lot of things they might have not uh, been able to do. It's true. They're ten, setting the bar high. Ten years ago, like I think Shang Chi was a nice. Um, refresher in terms of an, or, of an origin story I, I really like shang chi um and then obviously all the disney plus shows like we're getting a lot of uh, disney plus shows are killing it we're getting a lot of intro uh, more we're getting a lot of story on characters that we didn't that were kind of already in the marvel universe uh but we're getting more layers to them now and then we're getting new characters now this year and i think with all the prestige that marvel has now they're able to you know dive into these characters that maybe weren't necessarily as popular like she hulk or moon knight or right right um miss marvel maybe so yeah having that uh success has now uh, allowed them to do all this stuff but anyways back to spider-man no way home um so that first act so why why do you think that first act wasn't god wasn't as good as you think it could have been so 
it's partially my fault and partially the fault of like the filmmaker i guess my fault because i went into went into this movie with the expectation that we're really gonna get an understanding of how you know peter parker is gonna face um his, like his worst fear his identity being known and i was like what an amazing like story to be told here because that we haven't seen it on film yet and then yeah, anytime it's been in the comics it's been especially like during the civil war comics when he reveals his identity it's like this big thing and like he has to deal with so many repercussions like uh, aunt may immediately gets attacked by the punisher and it's like like that was Shout out the Punisher, punisher by the way for real and it's just like <laughs> i was so excited to see a story like that like that's a really down and dirty story to like see tom holland have to go through it especially because um it's a very spider-man story too like yeah and like tom holland has had a much more light-hearted tone on all of his movies so far which i i don't really care you know yeah i think uh, it's cool i think i i completely agree with you like the story of him because personally me i'm very like when i think of super i really like the vigilante aspect of superhero stories true like i'm a big batman fan i really like arrow don't don't forget about daredevil i really oh love God. matt murdoch daredevil uh, i've become a I've become a big fan of him recently um, I'll admit, um, you know, just people that have like vigilante, like vi the vigilante aspect of, of characters, I think is missing in a lot of Marvel stories with most Marvel characters, um, like their alias is, you know, well known because most of them don't sure. wear masks and if they do, they're like public heroes, like they're heroes, like Spider-Man is a hero, but he's also kind of a vigilante in like the way he doesn't reveal his identity, but he's a, he's still a respected hero, like people don't look to him like uh, Batman where like Batman's like, oh, he's just a guy taking the law into his own hands. But, right. I think that idea is completely true. Like, I wish they would have went into, like, the whole repercussions of, like, revealing your identity. But that's always such a interesting aspect of those stories is, like, um, like Batman, for example. Or uh, I'll, I'll say Arrow because I know uh, Arrow is something I'm very familiar with. So in Arrow, like, Oliver, he, re he eventually reveals his identity to a lot of people. But a big, like, plot point of those movies, of those shows is that... Uh, every time he reveals his identity to someone, like someone he loves is now in the crosshairs. So like exactly. his love interest, especially his love interest, because those are the people that are defenseless, harmless, that are just, they're just, you know, regular people that don't deserve to be in the crosshairs of the people that Oliver right. chooses to put himself in the, in the name of. Um, so yeah, I really wish like, um, and I think that would have really helped uh, Tom's story, I think, because um, like we were having this conversation yesterday. I, I, I didn't feel any attachment to any of Tom's characters. Except for Tom, really, or Tom Speed. Yeah, yeah, true. Like, I think Ned. I think Ned was cool. I think MJ was cool. I think you know, and then like you know, all the characters were cool, but like they didn't. Ha they didn't have a, a Harry Osborn from like uh, from Raimi. They didn't have a Gwen Stacy. Right. They didn't have those characters that I felt attached to. So like when they went through things, like I cared yeah. about that. So I think having that identity reveal, and like having Tom go through that, like I don't want to put you guys in harm's way, and they kind of did do it. But they did it in a kind of way where there was really no consequences, really, yeah, until true. the end of the movie. And even those, even then, it's it, even they still not the same. Cause like, yeah, we'll get to that. It's more of a cop out, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just I think it would have made uh, me care more about Matt, Ned, MJ, and even Aunt May, who eventually, yeah. who obviously uh, dies in the in the movie. Yeah. Uh, after de delivering the iconic uh, responsibility line. Right, like you said with the characters, I'd say like. Uh, he's got three movies now and uh toby also had three movies but in toby's movies a lot of those characters are recurring characters through each of the movies and like they've had three movies to have so much character development so in spider-man 3 when harry dies that's like such a impactful moment because like he's had <laughs> three I... movies to have a, have a whole character like so much to get to know about him mm. but when we think about you know the the what do we call it? The home series? Yeah. You know, Tom Holland series. It's um, like 
Ned is mostly comic relief throughout three movies, and I don't really know that much about Ned other than that, you know, he likes video games, he wishes he, you know, had more responsibility like Peter in a way. Yeah. And um, that's really about it, you know. And same with MJ. MJ was pretty much a useless character in Homecoming, and Gate was given a role as the love interest in the second movie, and that's really all she was used for in this but movie as I, well. Yeah, but the way they used her, I didn't like it because even somebody like uh, MJ in Toby's trilogy, where I didn't necessarily like her character, um, I didn't like her for a reason. They gave me a reason not to really like her, but she was always like kind of shitting on Toby for True. being a bad guy and shit. Yeah, and so like she was always like kind of the damsel in distress, like. Like, at least they gave me a reason to not like her. Like, the reason I don't like MJ is I feel like they didn't use her to her potential. And Zendaya's a great actress. Like, oh, she's true. so great. And I feel like they didn't use her the way... They, I feel like they didn't use her up to her potential. And um, it sucks because I don't know, uh, based on what happens at the end of the movie, we don't know if we're going to see her again. Um, I hope we do. And I hope, and if we do, I hope they flesh out her character more. Because especially in Homecoming, I feel like they really just use her as, like, the kind of the girl that was just kind of watching Tom from afar, kind of like, oh, I don't associate with you guys. You guys are right. kind of thing. Like, like I said, I think she's a useless character. Not like, yeah. So, I, and you know, and if they wanted to do that, that's fine. I just um, like somebody like Emma Stone's uh, Gwen Stacy. I crazy, amazing. Like her character in just in two movies was super fleshed out. Like I even cared about her family, bro. Like her, they made me right. care about Captain Stacy. They made her care about like everything, bro. Like every time they introduce a character, I cared about them. So when things happened to them and that tragedy. I cared about that, and I think if they gave Tom that identity crisis—not <laughs> crisis—the uh, revealing his identity thing—I think it would have made me care more about his characters. Because now I'm caring about Aunt May, I'm caring about uh, MJ, I'm caring about Ned. Like the most important yeah. character in Tom's trilogy was like fucking Tony Stark and, and Happy, Happy Hogan. Yeah, Happy Hogan, and they didn't really have development in—I mean, they did, but I mean, Tony was dead, uh, and like, he was in Homecoming too. But like, he kind of like. His development for why we like him was in other movies. Yeah, really. it didn't even happen in those movies. Yeah, so like, we don't really, you know, exactly. it's, it's kind of annoying um, in that aspect, but um, I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good point. I haven't thought about that much other than the whole... Everyone shits on Ned, bro. I, I like Ned. I, I I love him. I just wish I would have cared about him more. Like, I, was, I don't even His know. jokes are funny as fuck, by the way. I just, <laughs> I just, like me, like I want to like care about Ned, you know? That's a good point. Like when he like when he falls or whatever, like I'm just like, oh shit, Ned's falling. Uh, not again. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, you know. Like well, like when MJ um like since we are we're talking about the whole movie as a whole, we don't have to go by acts, but in the end in the end scene where Andrew's uh Peter saves MJ, I'm just like, Oh well you know, if like if she died there, that probably would have been the best for her character, honestly, and for t- Tom's character. Um but you know, they didn't because they killed Aunt May earlier, they probably wanted to do the whole thing, but and they wanted to have that little Right. Uh, parallel thing. But um like when she was falling, I just like she's falling. Somebody's either gonna save her or not. Like I didn't really care, you know? Like, yeah, when, the outcome didn't matter. Like when Gwen fell, I'm like, holy shit, like Gwen's fucking falling. Like is, is Andrew gonna be able to fucking save her, you know, kind Yeah, of and thing. like the thing is that like of course he's gonna save her. And yeah. then, you know, they suspend your expectations quite well now. Yeah, so it's just like I don't it, I don't know. Yeah. And then um the other thing was with Aunt May's character, the fact that she dies at the end, uh or I guess not quite at the end, but you know what I mean. It's um. She's like the turning point in the movie, I would say. Hundred percent. That's where the movie's like, holy shit. But um, I, you could really tell, because of Aunt May's absence in the other two movies. Like in the first movie, Aunt May's just kind of oblivious. In the second movie, she's literally on the other side of the world. So what is she gonna do? Um, in this movie, you can really tell that they tried so hard to like get her in the movie so that they could make her death mean something. Mean something, yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, I don't. I feel like they came up short on that. 
Yeah. There wasn't just, there I wasn't I, quite I, enough. Like I said, I'm, I'm a very emotional person when it comes to, like, if you give me something to emotionally invest myself into, and then you take that away from me, I'm going to be emotional about it. Yeah. Like, like when James Franco's Harry Osborne died, like, I was emotional about that. Like, when Gwen Stacy died, I was emotional about that. Right. And, like, you give me something to be emotionally invested into, I'm going to be emotionally invested into it. Um, and I think, so, and I think that was a big, um, criticism of tom's trilogies this is consequences overall like and i think it, now when we watch the movie it makes sense why they didn't give him as much consequences but i think they could have told their story the same way while also providing him those consequences by giving their characters more depth and stuff like that because like like you said like like when Amain died i like i just didn't really feel it. like i i understand like it's just oh i'm dead like this is gonna change peter's character somehow right like there was no like like and, and the thing is, like the, she was, I guess, the Uncle Ben of his, uh, her, his trilogy. Yeah. When I think about that, I really wonder what the hell Uncle happened to Uncle Ben then. Yeah, because the thing is, is like Uncle Ben doesn't really have as much screen time in in the Raimi trilogy or the. Uh, Not at all. But his death, like when but, I see his, him die, like when he's on the screen, like he takes over. Yeah. Like, like he is, like it's his moment. Like when he talks, like you you listen, kind of thing. Like it's like, um, like his portrayal of the character is so like domineering and like he just like he takes over the scene like when he gives peter the speech before he peter like walks off and he's like i'm not your father in, in the right. trilogy and then obviously the iconic scene um with andrew's thing is like how dare you like that like it's just so crazy like and then when he dies it's like i cared about that because they made me care about it you know because there was so much build up to that like each little moment that peter fucks up you know that's leading eventually to him wanting to like be rageful and then it leads to the responsibility yeah, speech and definitely and then everything that happens after you know yeah and even in, in the raimi trilogy they kept going back to uncle ben and uh like yeah, obviously with exactly. with like in spider-man 2 he's like he's rageful because um you know his uncle died and then i think in spider-man 3 obviously we, we uh, find out who killed his uh, his uncle so they kept going back to it and um i appreciate that because then it shows um peter's moral compass was you know uncle ben it was the responsibility with great power comes great responsibility and that it gives us emotional depth to the character right right peter and it's interesting like are they still going to find a way to use aunt may in future episodes uh, episodes uh future movies like how they used uncle ben in future movies even after his death right so it's like do we still get to see her pop up you know in flashbacks and stuff and like maybe memories of her and you know two movies down the line peter's like how do I solve this problem? And he thinks yeah. back to a moment with Aunt May. Like, I wonder if they try to pay off her character in any kind of way still in right. the future. That's that's a great point. I was I was just about to say that. Like, are we gonna? Is there gonna be a moment in like Spider-Man Five when he's fighting Craven the Hunter and he wants to kill Craven because he killed somebody? And he's right. is he gonna be like, no, with great power comes great. There must also come like, like, is there gonna be that moment? And if there is, that's great, and that gives uh, Aunt May's character much more death. But if there's not. Then it's, I feel like they just kind of killed her off just to say they killed off a major character, and in, so they could have you know have them say the words, you know. Yeah, you know, like I just and it, you know because uh, other, otherwise it just doesn't hit for me. And um, the same thing, and like I said with Zendaya's character, I feel like they didn't do much with Ant Man. I think that Aunt May would could have been a lot, uh, could have done a lot more in her tril- in the trilogy. Yeah, yeah, I so. definitely have more to speak on that later, but I think we'll save it for closer to the end. Yeah. Um, so let's just keep going. Now. Let's just keep hashing it out. What did you think about, um, you know, Doctor Strange in the movie? What, did you think he was a good addition? And he served uh, his purpose and all that. Uh, I I can't say I have too much of an opinion. I guess I wish, like I said, I really wish they would have uh, went into the movie with him having his identity revealed and like I, I really wanted that to be the story. 
So by the end of the first act, when I find out that that's not going to be the story, I had to really quickly reframe what it is I'm going to expect from this movie. So his portrayal was really good. Um, it's, you know, it's, uh, Dr. Strange we're talking about, Benedict Cumberbatch, great actor. Um, I really like that he gave opposition to Peter in terms of how they should handle the villains. Uh, I thought that was really good. However, I really hate that, you know, once again, we because we have the Cinematic Marvel Universe, it's kind of a double-edged sword. When Peter has a problem, he just needs to find someone who's better than he is. To, <laughs> In New York? To fix that problem, yeah. Yeah, it's a, that's always such a big, like, um, funny trope. It's like, there's so many characters in New York. Like, why, like, Sp like Spider-Man's fighting all this shit. Like, why does he just hit up, you know, Matt Murdock down there in, you know, Hell's Kitchen? Yeah. Why does he hit up, like, why does he hit up Doctor Strange? Why doesn't he hit up, like, why, like, it was a big thing when, um, at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, he's, like, swinging over the Rockefeller Center with the Christmas tree and shit, which yeah. is the setting of Hawkeye, the, the Hawkeye finale, and everybody's like, Spider-Man's gonna show up, and then he doesn't, and then it, then it goes back to the double-edged sword, like, why didn't, like, Clint just, like, ask Spider-Man, like, to help him out kind of thing? It's crazy, bro. Yeah. And it's like, I wonder if Clint knew anything about, you know, yeah, this multi-dimensional rift <laughs> yeah, being opened up. Yeah, did they see up. that shit or no? That's like, what I'm saying, bro. And that's that's just gonna happen when, when you're doing these big cinematic universe things. You just kind of have to accept it. Right. Um... But I think it definitely could be about. I think it's definitely a valid criticism. Um, I like. I, like I completely agree with you. I think Doctor Strange, uh, service purpose. I think. Um, I definitely did like the little thing that you said, like the opposition, because that's a that was the major plot point I think and of this trilogy. I'm not this trilogy. This movie was how was Tom going to handle the villains? And because a big thing about Spider-Man and the character and like his character is that like he doesn't kill. Um, he always looks for the good in people. He's like an optimist like that. And that's why he's so relatable because he's such a human, you know, like he's right. at the end of the day, he's just a kid who's trying to do good and yeah. he doesn't want to, you know, do this stuff. And I think that's what Aunt May was trying to tell him. Like before that, Peter would have definitely wanted to kill. Especially that's, that's the thing. Yeah. I think prior to these movies, even in most, most of the part of this, uh, movie itself, I think the reason he doesn't kill is more because, like we said, he's a kid. He's probably afraid to kill more than anything else. It's like, I don't want to have, you know, that kind of uh, baggage on my character. But at, towards the end of this movie, you can uh, kind of notice that his reason for not wanting to kill changes. Um, of course, I think they'll dive into that more in the later movies. Uh, but they just kind of dabbled on it by the end of this movie. It's like, okay, cool. His reason for not wanting to kill is like a, a better reason than it was previously. Yeah, and I think one of my favorite parts about Spider-Man in general is that he kind of especially in this trilogy i think it showed when tom what, what movie was scene was it? it was like what do you say exactly he was like it was when it was after ma died he's and then toby and andrew show up and then they go to where he's at and on top of the building yeah that's like, such a cool shot it's like he says i think i'm paraphrasing of course but he's like you know it's not my problem anymore um, you know, they took everything away from me and that's such a hard hitting theme. It's so yeah. introspective, but it's like that idea of like, what does it mean to be a hero? Like, why do I do good? Like, why did Tony Stark do everything he did? And then he, it was, it was a big point, plot point in Endgame. He's like, I know, I think it was Age of Ultron actually, when him, uh, when Tony and, and Cap are having that discussion on, on Clint's farm, he's like, yeah, uh, yeah. he's like, we want to end the fight, right? So we can go home. 
and like kind of thing like that's a big plot point right like why do we do good eventually uh, for all why do we do all this good if eventually tony starks and beats are the one to snap the fingers and he dies and now his daughter has no father like why do we do good you know right i think that was a major point for tom's character in this movie and i, I really did like that part so where, where do you stand on like how he handled the villains do you think that was true to his character the spider-man character as well yeah um I don't think it challenged too much of, you know, what I know Spider-Man character to be. Um, I think it was a pretty cookie cutter explanation of like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. I, I enjoy watching him in real time learn about these things. I like that a lot. Um, I think the most emotional part of the movie for me was like, like what you said, when they're on top of the school and those two are, you know, come down and talk to him personally and like they hash it out exactly like what being Spider-Man is meant to them and uh, how they've handled their problems in the past and they're trying to like give him the knowledge so that he can like get through what they've been through and yeah. like i really like that part uh like i said just watching him learn how to be a hero and spider-man in real time and i think that's crazy too is that in those moments when they're hashing it out uh just to go back to the Aunt May uncle ben thing they tell him they tell him what uncle ben meant to them right and they, they just think like oh you you, you haven't experienced what i experienced with Aunt May. He's like what we did and that and what we experienced is what makes us our character so that's just another aspect of like uncle ben and that responsibility idea you know being there what me what being a hero means to them and like this is me kind of bringing up another point because you brought it up but yeah i, I just think that that uh there's another point too when um they're, they're starting to make the cures so the plot of the movie is like they want to cure everybody because tom doesn't want to uh send them back because if he sends them back um they all end up dying fighting spider-man so he yeah. wants to prevent um that because like if it was, it's like he's sending them to um to die. i wish they kind of dove into that more i think they kind of made it more of a joke yeah like I, in the in the uh trailer they made it seem so dark it was like they're off fighting ghosts or whatever and then you see willem defoe come and he's like peter yeah like you know um they're what does he say he's like peter like um i um they're you're trying to uh, you're struggling yeah and it's like you're yeah. trying to decide what you want or you're yeah. struggling to have everything you want while the world is trying to make you choose. Yeah, and it's like it's so crazy. Like I feel like they, in the movie they just kind of said like, He's, "You're fighting ghosts." Like Osborne died right. so long ago, and then that was it. Like I wish they would we could have kept on going. That's like because that's such an interesting idea. It's like, am I a hero for you know, like since they're in my world now, they're my responsibility, but also they're really not my responsibility because they're not from my world. But since like I'm kind of in there already, it's like. I can't just send them back because then they're going to die. Like, am I responsible for that? Like, that's so, like, that's so crazy to me. Like, it's yeah. such a, it's, it's a crazy theme. That's that, why um, when, when I think about the all the times where, like, the great responsibility, uh, great power comes great responsibility, all the times that's been said over all the media, I think my favorite rendition of it is in Civil War when uh, Tony meets Peter for the first time and, like, they're in his room. And, like, they're sitting on his bed and Peter says, um, uh, when bad things happen and uh you have the ability to stop those things from happening but you don't those things then happen because of you mm -hmm. and it's like it's i think it's the most simple and like perfect way to say with great power comes great responsibility because like you can say that and it's just like one of those uh fancy you know it's just quotes like a, that moms put up in their it's just a mantra, yeah. yeah it's just a mantra but like the way he puts it i think it's so perfect when bad things happen and you don't do anything about it those bad things happen because of you yeah and i think that's i think actually that's why i really like the way that andrew's uncle ben portrays yeah. it because he's like he's like you have the moral obligation to do those things yeah like if he's like your dad um your dad lived by philosophy principle he's like 
if you had the means to help people and, and you have a moral obligation to help those people, like no matter what. And I think that's, it's, it's actually like the reason why I like Spider-Man because that's such a principle that even we can like live by. Like, yeah, if you can help people and you choose not to that, like that is like as worse as you like, you know, the opposite of like helping them, you know, or whatever. Like, so like if I see somebody on the street and I, ch- and I kind of walk by and like, I could do something, to help them and i don't it's not necessarily like i'm not doing bad but i'm also not doing good you know so right. like I'm, I'm in this like limbo so like i i should always choose good like uh inaction is as bad as um act uh, what was um, you know what i'm trying to say yeah i know what you're trying to like, say not doing nothing is as worse as doing something uh doing bad doing there you go inaction is as worse as doing like a bad action is what i'm saying yeah you know you can't just be there and be idle and say like somebody else will handle it because what if everybody had that mindset and that's why um, what it means to be a hero, I think what it means to, to Spider-Man is like, I'm going to be that friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I'm going to help as many people as I can because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, true. And then like, I, I, you know, when I think about it on my own life, like just last night, someone asked me to cover for them at work and I'm just like, I really don't want to cover for them. And it's like, I, you know, I, I struggle with that, that mindset. Like I have the ability to help this person. You know, I could take this shit for them. I really just don't want to. And right. it's like, how do I, how do I fall into like it's a character building moment to like willingly do something you don't want to do because you know you can right and i think that's so and i think that's why spider-man's so relatable is because i think i think in this movie the big theme was that peter parker keeps losing while spider-man keeps thriving you know because spider-man's the one that gets all the praise while peter parker kind of i think it's a big theme and i think in toby's trilogy we see it the best like Toby keeps losing all this shit, but Spider-Man keeps doing good because he kind of has to. Like, it's his responsibility right. to. And, like, uh, in Toby's trilogy, the end of the first movie, I believe, it's like, these powers are my gift, but they are also my curse. Yeah. And so when you're cursed with the with the means to help people, you can see it as a curse because, you know, you have to help them because it's your moral obligation to. But it's also a gift because not everybody has those, you know, gifts to be able to help people. Exactly. And, and I think that's the true meaning of not even just Spider-Man, but just life in general, like helping people, even though you don't necessarily want to, and it's not necessarily in your best interest, but it's the right thing to do. Right. It's, it's like the good thing to do. It's like being given purpose. It's like you search your whole life for like reason to live. And then when you have that reason to live, you then have to live the rest of your life with that reason in mind. Yeah. And like that can be restricting, but it's also very freeing and knowing that you're not wandering around life aimlessly wondering why you exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Back to the movie in terms of just what we see. Um, what did you think about Matt Murdock, Daredevil? I thought that was so cool. It was, <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. There's like, I didn't, I didn't really need him to be in the movie more than he was. I guess it would have been cool to see Peter go to court, like how. Uh, I love court. Can I even say that? Like before you continue, I love like justice system scenes right, in, in right, any yeah. comic book thing. Like Arrow does a good, Flash did a good. Anything where like the hero has to go to court, but we don't know he's the hero is like. It's so great. Like I don't know. Like when when Oliver's fucking identity got revealed in Arrow, it's great. And um, and Barry goes to Coralon in the Flash. And then I wish we could have seen like a court scene. I think it would have been cool. I think that that would have been a part of the story yeah. of the identity thing. That's I what I really was hoping for. I was like, yeah. oh, this is gonna be so cool. And yeah. then, but um, when I was able to like watch it the second time, I'm like it was perfect. Like yeah, I didn't. That was all I needed from him. Yeah, Matt Murdock was great. I love. Uh, it was I'm also really- like a double edged sword though, because like it was also just kind of useless. Like it was a a 15 second clip or like you know he caught the brick it's like that is so cool yeah like, that was, that was, dope. Cool that was like, i wasn't expecting that but it's like i don't really know if i needed that moment <laughs> like it didn't serve the story that well in my yeah. opinion it was just such a cool moment I and think- that's my problem with the movie overall is that there's so many like oh that was so cool like when aunt may says the words and it's like 
but like you know we're three movies in bro and then like <laughs> when they come through the portals and it's like well i mean they were really interesting characters for like maybe 20 minutes and then the rest of it it was just like you know spider bro talk yeah and then you know when you know uh what was the other thing you know like charlie cox obviously dr strange it's just like these are all really cool things but it's like i don't know if this is like helping the story you know move forward more than it is just fan service yeah and i think that's what this movie suffers from and that's why and you know like i said like some movies like spider-man no way home it's just gonna be fan service that's just what the fans want and i'm completely okay with that but i think the good the, the great the great movies are the ones that can you know serve the plot serve the characters and then like tell a hard-hitting story and then also right. like serve the fans as well because obviously the fans are a big part of the movies in general Yeah, because i think the end of end game did that well yeah. like when cap gets the hammer it's not just him grabbing the hammer it's him it's part of his character knowing that he was worthy to have that hammer and yeah. even better in age of ultron when he slightly wiggles the hammer it pays off that moment too from like yeah. seven movies previously and it's just like even yeah yeah even, even tony uh being the guy to do it like obviously like they want to do it because first of all rdj is too expensive <laughs> yeah, second of all like it makes sense for him to do it but also it pays off uh, it makes sense for him to do it because they want to kill him off and um he was like the start of the mcu so it's going to end with me kind of thing but also paid off uh, that moment from uh, the avengers where him and uh, cap are having that first like um oh, bickering right. when they're like you know you're nothing without that suit and then and cap tells you and then uh, cap tells uh, tony you're, you're um you're nothing without you. Everything that's special about you came from the bottle, and obviously that was discredited when he when he got the hammer, hammer, hammer. Yeah. and then obviously Tony was nothing without the suit. But then, and he would never make the sacrifice play, which I thought was always interesting because I feel like in every Avengers movie, Tony was always making the sacrifice play. Even in Avengers, I feel like remember when Avengers like he was yeah, the one Avengers that, like, one when he yeah. throws the nuke in there. Yeah, like what the fuck was uh was uh fucking uh, Cap talking about? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's true. Uh, that's just uh. It's it's okay to pay off a moment more than once, I guess. Yeah, I think I think it's just like I think it was just the whole narcissist thing with with Tony because his character was always like uh, was always like that because uh, you know he inherited all of his stuff and uh, yeah. and he, it's not to say like Tony's not a smart guy but he definitely inherited everything that uh, he got and um, the way he was getting his like his means of getting his um, richness I guess or his capital was you know I guess you could say unethical yeah true. which is which is something tackled in Homecoming by uh the vulture right um in that speech that that's so you know he's like a weapons dealer kind of thing that, that's actually a really underrated speech from uh uh michael keaton's vulture i oh, don't get me started on homecoming bro yeah like but um yeah anyways back top to, five for a reason back to mac murdoch like, i just think that uh, i'm really glad that they got charlie cox in the movie i'm really glad um i hope they i wonder how they're gonna make his character and not like i wonder if now the netflix shows are canon because i've been I, I think about that too because um it's interesting uh, to wonder how I, I don't know if you've seen the defenders yet but like how the defenders pulls in from like why didn't anyone you know know about what was going on in new york during the time of the yeah. defenders uh, so yeah i've been i've been thinking then? yeah i think the whole i think they're gonna do the whole blip thing i think they just all got blipped you mean in the show I think everybody from the Netflix shows, I think is gonna they're gonna try to say like they all got oh, flipped. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which would make sense, I think, for for Fisk, and I think it would make sense for Matt Murdock as well. I think for Fisk, Fisk it makes did right. I just remember off Hawkeye where like he was kind of low time again because you know he has to rebuild. Well, everything. that's what I'm saying. So I, I think misremembering. Yeah, that. that's what I'm saying. So I think it makes sense for if Fisk got uh, that like it would make sense for all the other characters too. So then they come back, they can be all be confused like what the fuck right, happened, right, and, yeah. and, and it would make sense. Then it would make sense as to why they didn't participate in all the other MCU shit. Like, where the fuck were you guys at when, when Thanos was here? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I think um, I'm really glad uh, they got Charlie Cox. I, he's rumored to be, he's going to be all over the place. So I, I hope he's going to be. I have in no she- objections to that. Yeah, I hope he's going to be in She-Hulk. Then that'd be great. But apparently, She-Hulk's like a. Um, so he's like a defendant. So he defends the the the. I don't know how I don't know how the justice system works. So there's like a a person, there's a prosecutor, and then there's the defendant, right? And I think Charlie yeah, he likes uh, to defend vigilantes. So I, I guess. think Matt, yeah. So Matt Murdock's like a defense attorney. Yeah, there it is, defense attorney. I think She-Hulk is a prosecutor. Oh really? Yeah. So I didn't know that. so I think there there it's rumored that he's going to be in that, and then they're going to like you know butt heads at first kind of thing. Um. So I think if you, that'd be great. I think if they bring in the whole street thing, and you know, obviously with Moon Knight, and then uh, Spidey becoming like the typical street superhero that he's that uh that we uh, most people know him as yeah i think that'd be great too um but yeah he's rumored to be in a lot i think matt murdoch is great charlie cox is great watch daredevil if you haven't um i'm watching sadly all the netflix shows they're not all as good as daredevil so I'm kind of rummaging through them but daredevil, daredevil is great um yeah watch daredevil if you haven't uh matt murdoch's great i'm gonna dress up as him for halloween so that's a good costume too i can't fucking wait for it it was funny like i was literally thinking the same thing and then you, <laughs> know, you, you texted me the same i was like fuck God damn it. I should have told him first. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, but I'm just like, his costume's so dope. I know. And it's really the glasses that drive Yeah, the glasses too. are fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's talk about the villains. Like, So let's start with um Doc Ock because he was the first one that came in. What did you think about his character and what he brought to the movie? Um, All across. Like, you don't have to start from anywhere in particular. I don't... I guess my my opinions on all of them returning is kind of the same for each of them. Um, Doc Ock is maybe the only exclusion because I was worried about how he would come back. But um, overall, I think all their uh, portrayals of the character were really good. They were like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they they stayed in line with what I've known the character as previously. Like they didn't veer off. Be, you know, I was afraid that Marvel is going to kind of ruin their characters. You know, with the typical Marvel aesthetic that they always do in their movies. And I guess they did to a smidge, um, but overall the characters stayed the way that I was like, okay, cool. They're like, we're not doing anything stupid here. Um, even with Electra, I was like, okay, this makes sense to me. This is cool. I like how they made him yellow. I really liked that one <laughs> scene where the the lightning makes the mask and like yeah. it looks so cool because they they found a way to practically do his normal costume that isn't so because his his costume is so stupid uh, dude a lot of comic costumes are so stupid it's so funny to me yeah and it's like <laughs> but i'm so happy how they did his and like yeah. it made sense with you know the arc reactor it was all really cool i'm really happy for jamie fox too because I, I i i really liked max dylan and uh tassim too and i, I did too tassim too is, is hated a lot and i like tassim too and i really liked max dylan i thought he was really cute i thought his character arc was pretty cool I yeah thought, true like you don't know me kind of thing and then at the end when he finally gets to have that talk with Andrew he's like um <laughs> hey Max <laughs> True. god it's so I fucking love Andrew Garfield but like, the way I like I, I told you this before but like Andrew Garfield when he's Spider-Man and the way he just like interacts with people the way he talks the way he, he uses webs I think it's the best out of all three of them but he's just like he comes into the fight he's like hey Max like what, that's so fucking like that's so Peter Parker to me I love it yeah um, true yeah I think Electro I'm really glad they did his character justice uh, I'm sad we didn't get to see uh, you know Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman and um, Risa Fons as the Lizard outside of their CGI forms. I guess they were having schedule that they couldn't come ah, in and do their things. It was really annoying. Yeah. That, like I only have bad things to say in terms of those kinds of things. Yeah. So I don't want. I don't know if I want to really go into it too far. Yeah, because I really feel like Sandman could have a lot more depth in this movie. Right. It was, it was really impressive to see like. I'm happy when his character came back that he was not a bad guy. He, he like, when he saw Spider-Man, he was like, hey, what's up, Spider-Man? Because, like, they were on really good terms at the end of Spider-Man 3. 
and that the only reason he's not causing problems is because he wants to see his daughter again. You know, he's he's not really helping, but he's also not inhibiting uh, Spider-Man's ability to fix these guys because mm-hmm. his reason for wanting uh, to go back to his world is, you know, to see his daughter again. And like, like I said, they did a, a pretty good job at not ruining their characters. I thought it was fine. Um, in terms of like the performances, I don't think any of them were really crazy. There's nothing to write home about. Um, other than Green Goblin. Green Goblin did great. I think uh, he was obviously the main villain, and like I'm happy what they did with his character. I thought it was perfect. I really like how the costume change worked on that. It was perfect. And um, let's see. Like I said, with, uh, with Alfred Molina, or I guess Doc Ock, I really enjoyed the nanotech like integration because in Spider-Man 2, it talks about how like he was able to um, have nanotech supplied by Oscorp, Right. So it would make perfect sense that um, Peter's nanotech in his Iron Spider costume would then work with his. And not only that, he would also be able to control it and, you know, kind of wrap him up the whole time. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I liked it. Yeah, that was funny. Um, I really liked um, I I didn't really... Um, that's a bad word. Uh, I didn't really... Doc Hawk was great in this movie. I didn't really like his character like it, he like 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 you said like he just kind of was there and like he served great like he did this, what he did he did what he had to do but when when he started to get those payoffs in the end like it was just great like when he saves um andrew like when he saves um, i think andrew from electro he's yeah like, i got him here and then he like he saves him because like obviously the good guy and then he has that moment with with toby's uh spider-man with like the this, uh power of the sun and the power that's so crazy but it's like really? that was, like i said that was one of those other things like i really did not need like I feel like that joke was made to like, ah, uh, you guys get it? Like, yeah. get it? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I get it. Thanks. Yeah, I, I loved it. I, like, I, that, that, like, out of every scene in the movie, like, that was actually the one that made me the most emotional. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I like the the talk back and forth with him and Toby. Just that yeah. joke by itself, like, the power of the palm hand was just like, okay, cool. Yeah. But, like, when he talked to Toby, I was like, oh, that's that's really nice. Yeah. Like, you're all it, grown up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Because, like, in that moment, that's like me as the audience, like, even though I'm like 19 years old, like, me watching that, it's like, man, I get to see my kids grow up. And it's like, He's like, he, like to him, like because if you watch Spider-Man too, like I, I've been showing you the scene of like when they talk, like Alfred Molina, Alfred Molina before he's Doc Ock and he's just kind of talking to Toby and Spider-Man too. Like those are my favorite scenes from Spider-Man too when they're just talking and stuff. Um, so when he's able to be like, "How are you?" Like it seems so, so good. it seems so like um, genuine. Like it really seems like Alfred Molina is talking to Toby as opposed to Doc Ock talking to. Um, right. Peter like it really seems like like how are you like where have you been like exactly and it's just like that made me emotional. I, I love that part too that yeah. was really great <laughs> he's like trying to do you better. know but the the worst one I think we can all agree on was probably lizard like get the get this guy out of the movie bro. Like, did, like he did nothing yeah. the whole time which kind of sucks I actually really liked uh, lizard in, in Tassin one yeah he was great he was awesome like I, I like even even people people make fun of his motivations all the time like be like I want to make everybody lizards which is understandable but if you watch the movie and you really understand what he's trying to do, it what he says is not correlating to yeah, actual action. Yeah, it's like there's yeah. a lot of nobility to what he thinks. Yeah, it's the next step in human evolution. You know, it's the, oh my god, I don't know if you've had any um, knowledge on the Spider-Man PS4 game, but with I Doc Ock in that movie, it is I I've seen so many scenes of like so perfect. I think uh, in that I've seen so many TikToks of it where it's like. Uh, Peter talking to Doc Ock before he's Doc Ock. He's like, "You'll never leave me." And then when he dies, he's like, "You said you would never leave me." Like that's God like, damn. Dude. I replayed the game last week, and I'm just like, "That is, uh, it is so perfect." Josh and I, uh, my friend Josh and I, we 
we're literally able to recite that whole ending scene perfectly yeah. back to each other. I gotta, like, I gotta either like play it or watch it or something because I, I've heard that's like, I heard that's the best portrayal of Peter Parker. I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> it is like, it is seriously good. It's not just like a video game. Like, yeah. it is so good. It, it makes is, you care. Like, once. If oh you yeah. And it. the reason I brought this up was because um, in that portrayal, that Doc Ock is suffering from like neurodegenerative disease or whatever it is. Yeah. So like his body's oh. failing and failing on him, but like time and time again, and. He's also, um, funny enough, like a, what is it called? A prosthetics doctor, whatever those are called. Mm-hmm. So, like, he works on prosthetics. Yeah. And then, um, so he finally gets a breakthrough in his, um, in his, uh, science, I guess. What's, yeah. Uh, his experiments, whatever it is. And, um, he, he takes it a step further because he's like, why should I stop here? Why should I just be trying to make myself human again? Why can't I, like, make myself better than I was before and i was like there's a lot of practicality to that like why wouldn't you take yourself better than before if you could right so it's just unfortunate enough that where he took himself is not something that we see as normal i guess and, and that's uh, kind of the case with the lizard too which is why you know we talked about this yeah it's, it's just like, that like he didn't literally want everyone to be lizards it's just that why stick to just being human when we can be better yeah and i think that's and the way you brought it up was actually perfect like the idea that like Dr. Connors is a genius. Like he, like he's super smart. And like, but the thing is that his body keeps failing, and he keeps failing. Like, like he said with Doc Ock, like he just keeps failing him. And he's like, this is. It's like almost like um, I don't know how to put it without just it's, saying. Like, it's not really too much different from why Spider-Man does what he does. Like if you can be better, why don't you do it? Yeah, and and it's just you know the differing philosophies kind of like um, I that that idea is so crazy to me because that's um. It happens a lot with athletes too. It's like athletes are so good at their sport, like they just keep doing it, but then they just keep getting injured. It's like, why does life keep? Why does life give me all these talents, but they don't want me to, you know, reach that potential? Like, why am I so good at basketball, but I keep tearing my Achilles? Like, why does this keep happening to me? Like, I need, like, you know. So like, I I I understand when when Lizard and Dr. Connors are like, I'm so smart. Like, I should be. Able, I have this gift. Uh, you know, whatever power gave me this gift, like I should be able to project it to everybody, and it's actually and like, but you know, my body keeps failing me. Like this flesh is right, failing right. me, so I want to better it. Like I don't know, that that idea is like so powerful, and it's it's a big thing in like athlete stories too. Yeah, true. Um, I like that. Yeah, but I, I can I can agree. I, I, yeah, Lizard was just a CGI Russian guy. Sadly, <laughs> I mean it was funny, but like I like like I said, like I didn't really care. Yeah. Um, but I mean, let's talk about um. We talked about everybody else. Let's talk about Willem Dafoe. You kind of alluded to him a little bit before, but I thought he was great. I, uh, his portrayal was perfect, not not perfect. Um, his acting was like went above and beyond, like he always did. It was just like that Willem Dafoe. Like he goes crazy. He's a great actor. Right. Um, there was like I said, I'm afraid the MCU has its quirks about it, to where comedic relief tends to come before a meaningful um, expression of feeling. I guess. And like when he's stealing the donuts, it's like, it's like okay, that's so funny, haha. <laughs> and then the other one where he's like, I could go for a burrito, and it's like okay, okay. <laughs> it's like I just these are such useless pieces of line that like were just said because it's like it's funny. <laughs> and it's like I really just didn't. What did you that. think about the scientist line when you said it again? That's another thing where I was like the power of the sun in the palm of my hand, where it's like I really didn't need to hear that line again. Like I know you're just like <laughs> nudging me, like you get it, you get it. It's like yes, I get it. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Um, I'm I know, not... I, like I wish. So like the way, when Aunt May says, uh, "Great power comes responsibility," that one wasn't so disingenuous. That's like that's a that's a really meaningful line in yeah. in um, in uh, the Spider-Man canon. 
but like when I'm being forced to like when he's looking at the camera and he's smiling, I'm something of a scientist. It's like, I kn- you're saying, like, you're looking at me and you're saying this, like, I, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's funny. But, um, yeah, they, um, Willem Dafoe was very adamant about doing his own stunts, and I think that's... I think that's admirable. That's really cool. Yeah, I think, um, we definitely got, I think we definitely got to see a very real... Um, yeah, as well, those fight scenes looked really good. It was really, I yeah, it was really real, and that was, like, the first time, I think, that... Tom just got fucked up straight up. Like I, yeah. th- I think in his other movies, like, like I think you know, there's other, uh, in his other movies, like you know, building fell on him and he's had like hardship and shit. But like for his first guy he fought was like, you know, just a normal guy with you know mechanical wings, and then uh, Mysterio obviously was just a guy with tech, right? And then but this time he's just getting straight up fucked up. But like he's just he's throwing him through buildings and like shit. Like he I like, like Green that, Goblin yeah. was getting Green Goblin was kicking his ass, and yeah. then when he starts beating him up, Green Goblin's like laughing. Which gave me a lot of Joker vibes. It was it, so cool. Because it was just like, this dude is just straight up evil. Like, he's just a fucking menace. Like, he's literally laughing at you punching at him. Like, that yeah, that's crazy. why, like, when I think about Willem Dafoe's performance and I think about that moment, it's just perfect. It was so good. It was, it was, it was insane. I think one of my favorite scenes and probably, I don't know. One of my favorites, I'll just say it's one of my favorites. One of my favorite scenes is at the end of the movie when Tom... And Willem are fighting on that uh, on the Captain America shield, I think. And the, yeah. The, yeah. So and they're fighting, and and Tom, because then it's like you you don't know, like is Tom really gonna uh, take that step, you know, and become the bad guy? Right. Because that's always a big uh, thematic point, I think, in the Batman stories. Like you're just one bad day, or even Matt Murdock stories too. Is like you're one bad day away from being me. Exactly. And um, you don't know if he's gonna take that step because it really looks like for a while that he, he's going to, because he's just kind of kicking his, he's kicking uh, Willem's ass. Right. And then. Um, and then Toby just comes in there, and Toby, without just saying, without saying a single word, like steals that scene. It's just like, no, like you don't have to do that. And it, and it parallels even like, um, uh, like Toby, um, uh, James Franco's Harry uh, Harry Osborn, you know, saving um, Peter in the yeah. Spider-Man Three. But it was, I, that that scene is like one of the most emotionally impactful scenes, just because Toby just steps in there. And stops Peter from becoming what he, him and Andrew, uh, I guess Andrew has revealed that he stopped pulling his punches as well. Right, right. So, yeah. I mean, we should probably talk about that next. And, yeah. like, uh, just their integration into movie as well. Yeah, so, obviously, we know, like, Toby um, killed someone. Conf- like, remember he, you mean he, Andrew? No, no, Toby. Didn't he? Didn't Toby push off, like, the guy? Not, you know, it's, there's a lot of debate between it. Um, I love the way how Toby is talking to um, Tom Holland uh, um, when they're on top of the school. And his words are like, um, I, I chased down the guy that killed my Uncle Ben. I wanted him dead. I wanted him dead, and I got what I wanted. And I love the way he says that because he's not like pushing the blame onto himself. He's not saying, I killed this guy, but he's dead. And then he takes it a step further, but it didn't make me feel better. Yeah. And like, you know, in Spider-Man 2, no, Spider-Man 3, sorry, when MJ confronts him and accidentally like says the wrong thing that kind of triggers Toby, he's like, I did not kill that guy. He fell off when I scared him and it's like <laughs> oh right 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 right. It's like he did not force him to fall at all he just walked up and he tripped over that little pipe in the ground he didn't and save he fell. him yeah and he also didn't save him and that's like it goes back to the, to the bill like he could have saved him but he chose not to right right and so okay so that, that, that makes it more sense so like Tom Toby just didn't want Tom to become what he is because like like because Tom wants to kill uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin because he right. took something from him and he thinks that revenge would make him feel better right. but Tom uh, uh, Toby and Andrew obviously told him that it doesn't make you feel better um, it just you know right and um, just that it's just so powerful because it's just no words it's just he just kind of saves them and he just kind of like put it down 
And like it's just so and then like he gets stabbed. I, I just thought he was gonna die. I thought they were gonna kill Toby. Yeah. It's I got I got critiques, I guess. <laughs> overall, yeah. like it's a good movie, but it's like it was a very enjoyable movie, but overall it's like I got I got so many critiques. Like every fifteen minutes I'm like, eh <laughs> so like like I think I'm gonna probably do like a video essay on this where like I I, I don't pull my punches on what I think about this movie right. as a whole. And then I'm also gonna, not going to pull my punches on like the really like perfect things that I think about it. Cause like I, uh, when we were preparing for this, I wrote like a whole essay mm-hmm. and I think it ended up being like four pages long. And I'm just like, at the end of it, I was like, damn, that was like, that was a really cathartic experience. Like getting to like put down in words what it is I feel they did here. Yeah. So like, I don't know if I have the time to be here for four hours to really say that, but I think a video essay where I can, Oh, the biggest reason I can't do it here is because I can't show the audience what it is. Like I can't show them clips of the movie. Like, let me break this part down by, for you. Like I can't really do that here other than audibly. Yeah. And just, and it's hard for us to like remember everything too, but it's been a while since I last seen it. Um, right. But yeah. Um, so with, uh, on the flip side with Andrew's character, it was a really like emotional impactful moment too. When he talks about how he's become, bitter after the events in his movies and like he he's probably killed people and like purposefully this time because he just can't find it in himself to keep himself from you know full sending into his punches and the way he puts it, he's like yeah at some point i stopped pulling my punches and um it's a really big thing in um and uh you know the spider-man lore is that like because he has super strength he really could you know just kill anyone with a single punch and he does that to kingpin in one of the comics but um it's it's known in the spider-man lore that every time he's fighting people he has to you know try really hard to not you know put all of his strength into a single punch or any of his you know attacks which is interesting because that's always like a running joke it's always like man if peter parker just decided to start like killing people like who's gonna stop him god there's such a great comic on that too yeah because it's like and that's that's the essence of Spider-Man. It's like he has the power, but he knows that it is his responsibility to be a hero and not and use his powers to do good as yeah. opposed to evil. And like that's just the essence of Spider-Man. And I think Andrew's character in general really embodied like the broken Spider-Man. And Toby was more of the sage kind of old guy because they they didn't really uh, de-age him. Like they could like they pulled everybody from different moments. So, so I guess they pulled Toby from like after the events of Spider-Man, then some more time. Yeah. So he definitely came off as the more sage old old guy from the classic like hero's journey kind right. of thing and then andrew was the more kind of broken middle character and i think that was just perfect for his character like i loved andrew and every scene he was in i do wonder i'm, I'm probably going to do a, a set a follow-up to my analysis on this because i wonder how that spell that dr strange cast decides at what point in their lives they decided to get pulled yeah in from. that's very interesting because um because uh it just hit in my head right now like it's off dome as you put it um Maybe when, uh, what is it, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, you know, decides to be, I guess, more of a killer, maybe that's when he decided uh, who Spider-Man was to him. And then maybe on the flip side for Toby, when he's that old, uh, let's say maybe like late 40s, he like decides who Spider-Man was to him at that point, and then that's when they got brought in. That's just kind of what I'm thinking right now. It's right. it's a baseless claim. It was just a <laughs> fresh idea. Yeah, and I think that's very interesting. I, yeah, like I said, like I, Andrew was probably my favorite Spider-Man in this movie. Not all, I loved all three of them, but every time Andrew was on 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 screen, like I think he stole the scene. I think he stole the show. Yeah, definitely. Even on in this movie, it was just like 
he's definitely the most fun out of the three. I would say. Yeah. And it's just like that's why I like him because like like I said earlier, like he, when he's Spider Man, he's just like so happy. He's like, hey Max, like he's just fucking using his webs. Like he's Spider Man. Like he's like actually like using his shit. Like I think that's so dope. Yeah, and like in Spider Man Two, like when he's like, yo sparkles. Yeah. Like, like it's so perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's definitely yeah. He's so he's so funny. Like he has the he's his voice for it. I think too is like exactly. He's like it's really good for it. Um. He's just a great actor. I love him. Yeah, true. And um, Toby was more like kind of the corn. I think he was more corny, just because that, I think that that was the time. That's, that's his, really his character, though. His movies were in the in that time. Like that was just like you know the kind of wave things. Like, and his voice kind of matches that too. And then Tom was just like, Tom is just Tom. I love Tom, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. That's all I really want to say about that. I have um. Did you want to say anything more in particular about the movie? Um, did you any scenes you want to go through? Not exactly. I mean. If we're going down this list, I think we're talking about the spectacle next, right? Yeah, I, I have. Um, we were, I was gonna go more into the MCU kind of. Um, I guess then right before we get into that, I do have some critiques and like things that I like in terms okay. of what I think visually of this movie. I think it's a train wreck. Yeah, I think it's horrible. Yeah. I did not like almost any of it. It is my biggest problem with the movie overall. Is just it, the visuals are so horrible. Which is weird. Like there's like. We're in 2022, dude. Yeah. Like, so back to when I think about what my favorite Spider-Man movies are, the Amazing Trilogy is, like, the best visuals, which is so weird because it's the second oldest. Like, these have the best visuals, and, right. like, it's the most pleasing to, like, actually watch. And I, it's just so weird that we're in 2022, I guess because of COVID. I, that's what the rumors are. Right. And I guess I could see some room for that, but it's like... I mean, if they got their vaccines and stuff, which I'm sure they all do, why? Like, what is the the Let's problem? And like, what does visual effects need a vaccine for if they work from home on their computer? Yeah. So it's like, I'm quite ignorant to this, but that, my ignorance is not going to keep me from giving my objective opinion on the visuals look bad. Yeah. They are. There's that one scene where like Andrew Garfield literally doesn't have a neck. <laughs> and it's like it's so weird. And like when he saves MJ and then he falls on the ground, he looks like a spring. Like what yeah. is that? I, yeah. like, I don't. That didn't look good. Yeah, I just and I think a lot of the scenes they could have done. Like I think they should add a slow mo to that scene personally. I think it was just too quick. Like, I and agree. It, and I think it was just too quick. I think. Um, when he comes out of the portal, he just looks, he doesn't look good. Just so um, weird. Like, I, I just, I, I wish I, I was there in the room. Like, what are you guys doing? I think, I think that's just an MCU problem too, though, because that's always been a big thing. Like, I think, remember. Right, but they've never been this bad. Uh, yeah, I think, and especially for Spider-Man too. Like, Spider-Man, I feel like, like, come on. That's what like, I'm saying. Like, he's a very fast moving character where like the, the nuances and how he moves matter. Like when you look at Far From Home, when he's falling from the London Bridge or whatever, and like how he's swinging around mm-hmm. it and like doing small movements that then get paid off 15 seconds later that you realize like, wow, that was like, he was thinking about this in slow-mo and it's like, that's really cool. But this didn't happen here like at all. Like yeah. the craziest thing that I got to see him do was a backflip. And it's just like <laughs> when he jumps off the Statue of Liberty doing a backflip, it's like, okay, I can actually see what's going on here. That looked, that looked halfway. All right. Yeah. I just think that there's a lot of CGI in this movie that just didn't need to be CGI. And I'm never going to, you know, I'm not going to question, you know, the actors that didn't want to do scenes or specific stunts or whatever. Like that's fine. No, too. But, but like, I, even like the cinematography like there was no like cool sh- like there was a couple cool shots but it wasn't like cool it was more like cool like i see three spider-man like that's dope like in like i showed you in spider-man 2 when he fucking goes to the newspaper he's just swinging and then goes into doc Ock. like there was no scene that like gave me that idea like yeah there was nothing cool like him like that like and even in um and like in Tassim when like the whole electro fight is like so it's so really cool like there's nothing in that in the in the thing i think um, it just there's no like I have, I'm not invested in the visuals at all, and I think it's an MCU thing. I remember like one of the one of the big scenes in Black Widow, 
was when Yelena and Natasha are talking and then it was revealed like the whole background was just CGI. <laughs> like I was just like, yeah. Oh, it's just kind of weird. It's like, why don't you guys just like go to a set? I don't know. I guess. Yeah, it's just like, a nitpick, I think. In the terms thing of is, I don't really know if it's that much of an MCU problem though because like in Far From Home, I don't have a problem with the visuals. I think they look fine. And especially in Civil War, the visuals look great. Like his suit looks like damn near perfect in that movie. And it's just like, it's weird that we're seven years later from like, is it really seven years? It might be a little bit shorter than that from the debut of his character in the MCU. And it's like, how is he just getting worse and worse looking? Yeah. And it's so weird. Like his final swing in this movie is my least favorite final swing in all the movies. It, it is terrible. It's just like <laughs> the cinematography is for one, the worst in the world. There's no composition to these shots at all. And then not only that, the visuals are also just already not great on top of that. So it's just, it's <laughs> yeah, I think, not... I think they may, I, I can understand the, the shots, but I, and I think they made, they, I think they definitely kind of, did that on purpose because I think they were trying to like show the trying soup to hecticness, I guess maybe. Yeah, they were trying to like show the suit, but not also show the suit at the same time, which I, is like, weird. I, I I don't know. I could like I can see that, but they never proved to me at any point that they knew what they were doing with the visuals. So I can right. only assume that this time it's also the same problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, like I, just, I said, like I don't want to be too negative, but it's just like God. It's I don't understand how you mess up this bad no, in twenty twenty two. No, it's not even negative. That's like a big like everybody's been saying this like. I've, even the people that I think like this movie were kind of like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. And, and especially for something big budget as MCU oh. and Spider-Man is just crazy. Right, and like how we were talking about earlier, how they just, they didn't even bring back the Lizard or Sandman. They just used old footage and like, yeah, yeah it was just, I guess that's kind of impressive in its, in its own way because I, the first well, yeah. time I saw it, I didn't notice it was old footage. The second time I was yeah. like, I think I've seen this somewhere. Where yeah, have I seen this? I didn't think about it for the, for Lizard, but with Sandman, it definitely didn't, it looked um, old. Yeah, because like he was like, re yeah. yeah, I remember it was like, I, I remember it, but I don't know if I remember it perfectly. Yeah, the lizard more was uh, was actually I actually thought it was new because he looked kind of cool, but it was just like kind of him like all shriveled up. I'm like, oh, that's kind of actually like emotional. Like I kind of feel bad for the lizard guy for Kurt Connors. Um, but yeah, I mean that that was because they just couldn't get the actors sadly, um, so they had to CGI them. But even then, it's just like get the actors. I don't, <laughs> I don't even understand why it had to look bad. Like I really didn't need the moment to actually see them turn back. Right. Like we didn't, I guess we don't super duper need to see that. So you didn't really need to bring back the, the old footage either. Like you could kind of imply it, I think. Uh, yeah. I think it makes sense though for us to see it. Cause like that was the whole point of like the final act was to cure them. So like to see them actually cure like, I guess. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I guess. Um, In terms of spectacle though, um, when I think of spectacle and not visual, crazy movie. Yeah. Like, it's like, like I said, people it's the that, Spider Verse, bro. Like people that didn't even don't watch a single other Marvel movie were like hitting me up, like, bro, can we watch this movie with you? I'm like, hell yeah! <laughs> like, like everybody was watching this, like, dude, because like even people that don't really like, um, because me and you, we're like, we're like nerds. We like comic books, like we like comic book movies beyond just like the MCU and just liking comic book movies. But it's like it's cool. It's a cool thing to like. Right, like I said, like, like I saw Iron Man one, you know, when it came out when I was yeah, five years old, dude. Like, like I've been in this shit. So like we like it's so, and we're just like different. Like we're just like fanatics. There's people that just kind of go watch some Marvel movies, but it's like the cool thing to do, which is completely fine. Yeah. Like I do that with other things, you know. Like I'll watch baseball because it's cool. Like I'm not necessarily a baseball fanatic. Yeah. Like I listened to Drake's album because it was the cool thing to do. Yeah. Like you know, like, <laughs> like I'm not a Drake fan. Kanye in this movie. We're fucking mentioning Kanye and Drake in this. We brought up Drake and Kanye in the Spider-Man episode. <laughs> Holy shit. God yeah. Damn. But yeah. Um. So. But yeah, I'm just saying. I'm only saying that because people that just go watch the Marvel because it's kind of cool to watch Marvel movies. 
have like, like they love the movie and it's like it's perfect. Yeah, they 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 went to watch it, but then there's also the people that just don't watch any Marvel. I got my mom to see this movie with me, yeah, dude. Like, like it's just crazy. She didn't do that shit. She hates superhero movies, and yeah. like I was like. Please come see this movie with me. And she's like, okay. And she liked it when she, you know, yeah. finished watching. Of course, she didn't get every joke or anything, but like, that's fine. Like, she got to enjoy the movie. And I'm glad there's a character like Spider-Man that can do that. And I'm glad that they take advantage of that because I think I wish more people would get immersed in the culture of superheroes because I think it's such a underrated genre. And I think now it's starting to get a lot more respect because of the MCU. Yeah. Um, and it's weird that we use the word underrated too because like, it's not. You underrated know, in terms of numbers it's not underrated but not at all. but in terms of reason respect. to watch it and yeah even, i guess and respect just, and even respect like even like big directors now like the film bro directors and just in film bros like in general like there's always like criticism about mcu and i have my own criticism of the mcu too but i still love the movies but there's people that just don't like them because like they follow the scheme or whatever and we'll talk about that a little yeah, bit later does is annoying but you know, um, to its credit but like, i feel like even those people went to go watch this movie and they enjoyed the spectacle because it was such a big thing like, like i said even just getting tickets was a was a spectacle yeah you know what i mean that was like, a crazy it, night it's just it's <laughs> insane like um yeah and i think it just shows how the popularity of spider-man and like him being such an iconic character which is crazy to me because like i don't know it's just crazy to me that like spider-man's that guy because like not like batman and Superman are also two of the most iconic uh, comic book characters ever, right. too. But like, if like the Batman's gonna is dropping a movie this year that's called the Batman, and I don't think the same people that watch Spider Man are gonna go watch the Batman. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't really thought about that. That's a good point. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So just the fact that Peter Parker and slash Spider Man has this power to bring everybody together um, in a very trying time in the world, too. It's yeah, like, you know, it's crazy. Um, one thing I noticed is that like. Toby and Andrew are like MCU canon now. Yeah. So like I didn't little did I know when I was watching, you know, see the I Spider-Man 1 came out the year I was born. So obviously I, you know, I couldn't watch that shit, you know, in real time. <laughs> but when I watched Spider-Man 1 for the first time, I'm just like Jesus Christ. Little did I know I was watching the start of the MCU. Here. <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah, it's just um it's cool, man, cuz you get to see, you know, the fans of the Raimis come together and then fans of Andrew come together and then MC and fin- I'm so happy that people are starting to fuck with Andrew Garfield now Dude, there's so just, much hate on his character yeah, for I'm no just, reason I, well, there, I mean there's a reason there's but... somewhat reason but it's like <laughs> I honestly when I watched the movies I loved it there was no I did moment, too there was no moment in the movie where I was just like this shit deserves a 50% it is my, rating um, Tasm 2 is my most rewatched Spider-Man movie of all time like yeah, I've right. not watched any of them as many of I've, as I've watched that one and it's because of like how good it looks yeah. it looks really fucking good mm-hmm. and that was and done in like 2012 I, I could be wrong on that and it's like here we are 10 years later and it just looks so bad and that's why I find it so weird because his movies look so good yeah, and, yeah but I definitely agree with you I'm glad that each character is starting to get their flowers because there's even people that didn't even like the Raimi trilogy uh, or and then like Toby's character because maybe he was just too corny. The the, the movies back then didn't necessarily a little trite, I guess. Yeah, it didn't age as well, I guess you could say. Um, but I'm glad people are starting to respect his character because like it's just and I'm I'm glad they were able to stay true to their characters as well. Um, yeah, across, like they didn't across have to, twenty years. Yeah, know? they didn't have to force anyone like to get yeah. them to like them. Yeah, they just showed them for what they were and like what people have been missing the whole time. Yeah, it's just um, it was just great. They gave me everything I wanted in the movie. 
And I think at the end of the day, that, that, that's all I could ask for in a movie like this. Like, yeah, I, I, they gave me fan service. I, 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 I begged them to give me, give me Toby and Andrew. They gave me Toby and Andrew. Like, what, what, the, what am I criticizing? Right, right. What am I really criticizing? You know, beggars can't be choosers at this point. You know, so True, like, I you, agree. So like, you gave me what I wanted. I'm just gonna take it and I'm gonna run with it. So, so would would you say you found the movie fulfilling then? Yes, I would say so. Uh, right. I think it definitely gave me everything I needed. Um, there was definitely uh, I think there was different ways they could have told the story there was different ways they could have introduced Toby and Andrew there was different ways they could have done the villains but the way they gave it to me was good enough and I'm I'm completely okay with that that's uh, cool I'm also very happy with the way they ended it because now I think we can move past hopefully the MCU scheme of Spider-Man and we can go back to not even go back because I, I also don't like rehashing like I don't need the same spider-man story every time oh yeah so like in this new so tom's already confirmed for a thir- another trilogy so and I, the way spider-man no way home ended it was very heartfelt obviously uh tom's peter <clears throat> chooses not to um tell mj and ned like i'm peter like because obviously uh, by the end of the movie uh, i think that the way they visually represented that was really good yeah like obviously by the end of the movie dr strange's spell makes everybody forget who peter parker is so peter parker is no nobody um and he you know he promises mj he promises Ned that he'll find them and then he gets the opportunity he chooses not to which is also like the great power comes great responsibility thing coming back right um he's kind of notices that like mj has the bandage and all that stuff he's like hey, maybe you are better off without me yeah. so it's like peter parker loses spider-man gains which is the essence of peter parker's um of spider-man's like story and i'm um, so the way that ended was the perfect ending for me and I'm really excited, and it makes me really excited for what they're going to do with the character next in this trilogy and future MCU projects. Because I think there's a lot. Uh, Spider-Man has so much story to tell, so many more characters. Like, even like I would love to see, um, like a Harry Osborn and a Gwen Stacy. But, that'd be sick like I would love to see those characters but we've already seen those characters you've seen like the fan casting for Timothy Chalamet for Harry yeah like there's like, so many so fan cool. casting like like I would I would love to see Sydney Sweeney as a uh, black cat <laughs> but uh, uh but even like Anya Taylor-Joy would do great as nah, black cat that's where I root for personally yeah um I would love to see um you know obviously Vincent D Deanna I'm not even gonna try I'm just, you know the Netflix uh Kingpin I would love to see him oh, in here Vincent, but, no, but we, yeah we've yeah. already seen those characters like I would love to see but at the same time, like, there's so much in Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man has such a decorated rogues gallery. Like, we could see, like, we haven't even seen Craven, yeah. who's also insane. Like, a very um, haven't even touched Venom yet. Yeah, haven't even touched Venom necessarily. Um, and like, they still have plenty set up from what the Vulture was doing. Yeah, and then also uh, Scorpion. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Mike Argan was in there. Yeah, like, there's so much uh, story to tell with with, uh, with Tom. Morbius too. Morbius and like, crazy. there's so much to tell and. I'm really glad the movie capped it off the way that um, it did. So Unfortunately, there's no carnage, though, because they killed him. Um, I, hey, multiverse, man. You could do anything nowadays. I guess. I hope so. Because, <laughs> so like, really... when I saw that that Carnage movie was coming out, I was just like, we really doing this, guys? Like, we can't save this for Spider-Man? Like, Carnage is such a staple fucking, like, dude, character, not... and they're yeah. just going to give him an hour, 30-minute movie? No, I think about it, dude. Fuck. What did they use? What did the, um, what if the Craven that we get in the trilogy is, like, fucking Aaron, Aaron, the Aaron Taylor Johnson one? I hope they don't do that. What do you mean? So they're coming out with the Craven movie, like just Craven, like a Craven the Hunter movie. I heard about that. I didn't know they were actually. So doing the guy it. that played Quicksilver in the MCU is playing Craven. So I wonder if like they introduce Craven, are they going to use him? That's a good question. Because Craven's last hunt is an insane story. Yeah. So like, are they going to try to develop Craven in that movie and then bring him over and then I don't know. Anyways, that's that. I don't know. It was fulfilling to me. What about you? Um, 
I, I hate to be the negative Nancy here. <laughs> it was not fulfilling, but that does not remove my ability to like love this movie. Like it was such a great movie, but when I watch it, it's just like it felt kind of cheap to me. Like when I, in retrospect, I'm like, this is really cool, but Doctor Strange got us to this point. Like we had to like really bend time and everything for Peter to like have a really down to earth potential story. Storyline. And it's like this is so cool, but like this is what we had to do to to get to this point. And yeah. what we had to do to get to, it wasn't like an end justify the means kind of thing for me. Which is why I always will rank the movies like Guardians, like Winter Soldier, like Ragnarok over even Infinity War over yeah. something like No Way Home and Endgame. Right. Because those stories are grounded. They're they're in their own like they're just yeah, by themselves. They're not mini Avengers movies. You know what I mean? And not even that because I still like Infinity War. But Infinity well, I mean, War was Infinity too, War was Avengers movie. What do you mean? That's what I'm saying. I I group Infinity War with like Guardians and stuff. Like even though that's like a mini Avengers movie. No, that is an Avengers movie. Oh, well, you know, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, sorry. in terms of mini Avengers movie, I mean like these crossover stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so sorry. even though like that's like an Avengers movie with a lot of crossovers, which is like what Spider-Man No Way Home is. Yeah. Like, um, no, that's a great fucking movie, dude. Infinity War it tells its own story. Age of it Ultron is great too. It's it like, tells Stanley's story, and I like that because it wasn't just like we have this movie to set something else up. Like it was, yeah. And I think that's a that's something that is missing from not No Way Home is that like it all it did was set things up. It felt like it was just a crossover movie with a lot of just setup and stuff, and it just like it told its own story, but like like it has so much more outlets, and I think like. Guardians One is just its own story. It starts with this. It starts with Peter and it ends with Peter doing this, and that's it. Like that's, that's, yeah. and that's all I needed. Um, Peter but Quill. I, so that's Peter not Quill. Confusing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like Peters. There's a lot of like, yeah. All right. Anyways. But um, yeah, and then um, the other thing was, as someone who was not begging for the Spider Verse crossover, I feel perfectly justified in critiquing it. It was. Um, it was. It also felt a little off. Uh, I love that they did it. It was super cool. I'm like, holy shit, that was super cool. Right. But um, uh, I have a weird problem with like the amount of jokes. I guess like I said, <laughs> like these are such great characters. That's more um, of an MCU critique that's too. What, that's what I was gonna bring up. It's like it's not so much my critique of how they, of their performance. It's my critique of how the MCU decides to you know what they decide to have them say. And like it's these two previously untainted characters are. Slightly suffering from the MCU effect. The MCU scheme, yeah. Yeah. Um, before we go on to the MCU scheme, I was gonna say, um, yeah, but I was surprised that they went with the Spider Verse thing too, because that wasn't always the plan. Uh, that uh, yeah, it's like, out, they were gonna go with the Kraven movie or something. Actually, within this third movie, yeah, especially because we've already had the animated Spider Verse. Yeah. It's like, do do you want to kind of tell the same story twice? I'm, yeah. I'm, regardless, I'm happy they did it. Like, it's kind of crazy, like going from Far From Home to this like even though and even though oh, like right. this is a complete direct like continuation of far from home especially with those opening scenes like i'm surprised like we went from fighting mysterio to we got toby andrew daredevil yeah like we got all these characters in this one like it's just like it, the jump from that was kind of um substantial yeah. um and like that so that, that was definitely surprising i definitely think it was cool too that like it's a little ironic that in um far from home the names are really confusing because they got the same syllable, like amount of syllables in their names. But yeah, in Far From Home, it's funny that he f he first learns about the multiverse is real, but like it was a faked multiverse. And then in the third movie, there's actually a multiverse. <laughs> yeah. and it's like, that's just funny. Yeah. Like, that's just, <laughs> like, I don't know if it's like neglected writing or something, but like overall, I just think it's I funny. Think, yeah, it just, I think it shows like the, like how funny, like Peter Parker's just... She's like, what a goof, bro. <laughs> like, we got gotcha. you. He's like, oh, shit. Like... Oh, the really interesting thing too is like, 
like I said, I wish they would have just dived into his whole um, identity being revealed, but he finds out that like Nick Fury hasn't was not the guy who was helping <laughs> yeah. him in Far From Home the whole so time. So oblivious. And it's just like, what are you talking about? He's <laughs> off world. <laughs> so my whole movie was a joke. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's funny if you would use those words. Like my whole movie. We're talking about. <laughs> so what was the point of my whole movie right here, bro? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I hope. Um, so and I showed you that one TikTok. I was like. What, where do we? Where does the MCU go now with Spider-Man? Like, do they go bigger? Um, no, I think they should go smaller. Actually, I think that would actually benefit Tom's character now. He's uh, yeah. in the perfect position. They they did the spectacle already. We got the fan service. I don't need that anymore. Right now, I just perfect. want you to pro, pro, uh, progress Tom's character in the way that um, most people thought would, that was gonna happen in the first trilogy. It's like if I, if I can be so crude for a second, it's like that post nut clarity. It's like we got what we needed here. All right, all right, let's make some good decisions now. That was, that was a way to put it, but yeah. So like yeah, so we already had the big spectacle. Now let's go, let's go down. Let's make him the street level hero that he yeah. that he can be. Let's you know if you want to do a crossover because it's the MCU, you know, you know, give him a Matt Murdock, you know, because those characters could definitely be relatable. But have him fight like. Like a like a grounded hero, and let him like um, let the story not be just him like you know a typical MCU story where it's like him uh, struggle struggle struggle. Uh, the last thirty minutes is a CGI fight. Like let him go through like struggles. Like let this uh, street hero like a uh, street villain like fuck up his life. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds so cynical. It's like have you seen that TikTok where it's like um, Spider-Man fans when fucking Peter's like having the shittiest time of his life, and it's like us were like, yes, this I love this story. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it is. Like, like his best stories are the yeah, ones where he's because it's like, like as an as the as the audience, you're if you're a normal human being, you're portraying yourself onto this character, like you're projecting yourself. So you're you're allowing yourself to to feel what you think you would feel in these moments. And then when you see the character overcome it, you, in a way, um, by curiously, parasocially, um, go through that struggle. And it's like, yeah. that's why uh, movies and stuff are so great. It's just like, it allows the audience to live a slight life that they aren't actually living. Which and think, like, learn those lessons as well. Yeah, and I think that's why Spider-Man's so great, because he is that character. He's so relatable, because he is like just a poor guy. Yeah, nobody he, has to force themselves into it. Like, when you got Tony Stark, you have to, like, imagine yourself, you know, living so lavishly. Billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. You exactly. Know? Like, you don't have to imagine yourself struggling with rent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking, uh, not, he didn't even graduate high school. Like, he's just trying to, he's trying to fucking. That, I thought that part was really cool. Like, yeah. I was just like, what is he going to do at this point? Like, how does. God, the most fucking emotional scene was not the fucking Toby shit. It was him fucking putting the Lego down, man. Like, that shit made me cry. Yeah, that was cool. Like, that shit was. God, bro. Like, it's, it's funny, too. Have you, have you seen? that one i think it was like a tiktok um where it was like palpatine the lego palpatine yeah. his arc followed exactly yeah. how it did over the trilogy where like he's in the beginning not the middle one but at the end and it's right. just like ah uh, yeah that's kind of funny that's so funny <laughs> yeah uh, that that was that was sad like just that whole ending scene was that ending was great like i feel like the last like 20 minutes like the the amount of motion that was in those last 20 minutes if that was you know sprinkled in all throughout the movie would have been probably perfect but it yeah. def- it served what I, I got what I needed to from it. Yeah, I enjoyed oh, it. Um, kind of we're kind of be closing off here. We're we're kind of going off. Um, not going off. We we um got through what we wanted to get through. I think in terms of just the movie in general. Yeah. And now we want to move on more into the grander scheme of things, the MCU scheme, and just MCU in general, and how this movie kind of plays into the MCU in general. Because obviously we are MCU fans. This movie is a part of that universe, and. There will be movies. There's been movies before this movie, and there will be more movies after. So, how do you think this movie continues Phase Four, 
and how do you think it kind of capped off the very like ambitious 2021 that marvel kind of had after a very silent 2020 because of the pandemic and all that stuff um i think so far the start of phase four is for me personally other than the shows has not been anything to write home about black widow was like a good movie but it didn't serve phase four at all other than yelena um because it was a flashback movie yeah, and um, which sucks. I think Scarlett Johansson is a great actress. I for real like I think they should have gave her that movie so long ago. I agree too. Like it, I I don't like that people don't like that movie. I personally enjoy the movie. I thought it was great. Um, I the liked it. But choreography was fucking crazy. Like when I look at it, I'm just like Jesus. That was some that was some cool stunts. At least I hope they were stunts and not CGI. Yeah, uh, there was definitely yeah. Uh, um, but, I definitely enjoyed the movie, but like like I said, like it it was my least favorite of the movies that came out in phase four right right so far. and then with shang chi it uh came out next shang chi i love the precedent that it's going to set like that's where the fan service started and i really enjoy fan service because as someone who has watched anime i really love how anime doesn't pull punches at all in terms of what they're going to show their viewers i think it's so fucking cool right and in shang chi they did that like that fight at the, at the end of the movie just kept ramping up over and over and it's just mm-hmm. like how do you top that and it's like they brought him two fucking dragons and just fighting each other it's like bro this is so cool i want to see more shit like that overall i wasn't a massive fan of the movie i thought it was um but, probably my least favorite but i love the precedent that it's going to set for the fu- uh, future of mcu going forward hopefully they don't pull punches and that kind of followed through on uh, No Way Home as well, where they didn't really pull any punches in terms of what, you know, they, they did the Spider-Verse. They brought in Alfred Molina, Willem Dafoe, Tobey fucking Maguire, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And like um, uh, Eternals, let's see. I think that is probably my favorite out of the three that came out. Um, Eternals is great. Yeah, it's, it's going to so set overrated. up. It's already setting up the big bag. Uh, I mean, sorry, the big bad for like what I think Phase 4 is going to be about. It's going to be, um, you know, how are you going to deal with these godly uh interstellar beings and it's crazy like uh that that brings in room for galactus too god galactus is so i, I have a I, like in eternals when fucking arisham comes and he's just like this big ass being like that shit's scary bro. i saw that shit in imax bro that shit blew my fucking mind bro yeah. i was in la like, when i watched that movie so i was watching in the um the warner brothers wait no not warner brothers uh universal studios theater like right the theater they have there their screen is fucking massive dude so when i saw that shit in imax I was like, my entire vision was all fucking uh, Escherum. Like, I couldn't see anything else except this screen and, like, how it slight arcs. And it was just all space and Escherum. I was right. like, that is so fucking cool. And it's like, I really hope if they do Galactus, they really give us a scene of him just, like, being this big-ass thing, like, holding Earth. Like, that'd be so scary, bro. No, right? <laughs> that'd be so crazy. Like, but yeah. yeah, I'm excited for... Oh, I'm so excited for set up. I'm really I'm I'm think now too, I think what I'm happy with MCs they're starting to go into these characters too. Like we got a Shang Chi, like that's I think ten years ago, like nobody ever would have thought we would have got a Shang Chi. Right. Like twenty years ago, like like Spider Man like even major characters were, were failing in the box office. Like like the fact that Spider Man was was successful was huge. And even even as early, uh, uh, early as um uh, Andrew Garfield, like Andrew Garfield, Spider Man failed in terms of, of numbers. Yeah. So like, it's just crazy to think that if like if their major characters are failing, like, there's no way we we could ever do like a Shang Chi. But now that Marvel has this credibility, now they can yeah. do a Shang Chi and they could do it great and they can serve the you know the fans of that character as well. You know, I'm I'm really happy about that. And now we're getting Moon Knight in March. We're getting you know She Hulk, Miss Marvel. We're getting just I I love how I love where this is going. But I, I will agree though, like. Phase four hasn't necessarily been anything crazy. No, not but, at all. But um, it's not—it's it's, it's not a bad thing. Like I said, like um, ex- excluding the shows, 
it all these movies have felt like set up they haven't felt like their own like stories to tell yet like i think there's a lot more other than black widow because like i said it was a flashback yeah i think um, i'm I'm excited though for more like i think moon knight i think is hopefully going to set another precedent for the mcu in terms of definitely how far how dark they're going to go because i think because i think if he if they do it right like they can they then they can do daredevil good they can do deadpool good they can maybe even introduce the punisher like all those heroes that need kind of that dark undertone and then even go back on some other characters that could uh, appreciate the darker tone maybe even like the hulk because there's a, I think that's a big criticism of the MCU and like we said with black widow there's a lot of characters that didn't necessarily get their bang for the buck in terms of like being good characters like the hulk was really good i think in ragnarok and maybe Avengers 1, but in every other movie, like, Professor Hulk was kind of, like, let down. Even Thor in, like, some movies, uh, obviously, Natasha was kind of a let down in some movies because they just didn't want to flesh her out, which kind of sucks because I think Black Widow's a really interesting character. Even Hawkeye, until he got the movie, or his own show, was kind of a boring character. Right, right. So, I'm really glad they're doing the shows thing. They're doing all these new movies now because they get to flesh out even the older characters and flesh out even newer characters, yeah, too. Yeah, I don't think any of the shows have been a miss in, like, almost yeah. any regard. Dude, Loki was are- crazy. I forgot about Loki. I was, <laughs> I was just thinking about Winter Soldier, uh, uh, New Captain America and Winter Soldier. That shit was great. Oh, because, yeah. Because, like, I think that really helped set that, that dark tone uh, for a little bit. Like, it was a really super serious that was a That was a very introspective, like, thing. Like, yeah, it was very, like, this is it, it made the MCU feel very real. Like, the MCU is yeah, just yeah, about yeah. heroes and stuff. Like, no, there's racism. There's, um, you know, stuff like that, like, in the movie. And, you know, we had to go through that with Sam Wilson uh, becoming the first, like, black Captain America. Like, the Isaiah Bradley thing was crazy. Like, yeah. But um, even something like WandaVision and, and Loki, I think, had decent, had really good storytelling. WandaVision in the beginning was my favorite. Because, like, as a film bro, I like, you know, uh, the shit that's, like, hard to understand. Because, yeah. like, it makes me feel cool and independent for understanding it. So when I was watching the first, like, five episodes of WandaVision, I'm like, this is fucking cinema right here. Like, this yeah. shit is so cool. Dude, even the, the, my favorite episode of WandaVision was when Agatha, like, takes Wanda through her past. And, like, that was really, That like, was, I think, my favorite too. episode. But that's, like, the most hated episode because there's no, like, big CGI fight, which, you know, kind of sucks. Maybe I'm just being a no film. No shot people actually think no, that, that, right? No, that, people were, cause that, they, they said that was, like, the worst episode. That and the finale. What the fuck? Yeah, and then people didn't like the Loki finale because it was, like, Oh my god! It's True, just, they it's, were kind of standing there for like a long time talking. But overall, like if you're listening to what they're talking about, it's an it's, interesting it's, conversation. It's crazy, and it makes so much sense as to like what, that what, moment where he's like, "Oh, just happened," and it's like we're still trying to find out what that moment was because like yeah. it could have been Doctor Strange pulling in people from No Way Home. Yeah, uh, so cool. Holy shit! I forgot Multi Multiverse of Madness is coming out soon. <laughs> for real, <laughs> yeah, like two months, I think. Yeah, um, I think um, the MCU scheme, though, I think definitely has been shown in these movies yeah um even in the shows i think the shows have started to become very scheme like i haven't watched uh, what if so i don't know but in the other shows what if was just like it was really just a fun show really more than anything else i think it it did slightly set up um uh the doctor strange like antagonist very slightly um more than anything it was kind of just for fun yeah i think um I, even the shows i think are starting to have kind of like a scheme like like introduce the characters and then like have a really really good you know third fourth fifth episode and then the finale is kind of like eh. but i liked them like even like hawkeye was really good for me i don't know i really like man i really like that's crazy i like that one too yeah like i think um kate bishop's great character (laughs) i really i don't know i really liked hers and um definitely got better at the end i think her and clint's interactions were great yeah Uh, and then yelena being in that was even better she was so funny yeah she's i'm so i cannot wait to see what they do with her character she's such a good actress yeah true yeah she's great um 
You haven't taken the opportunity to see Midsummer yet, huh? I have not, Midsummer. Yeah, avoid that opportunity at all costs. <laughs> um, That's not to say it's a bad movie. It's just don't see it. <laughs> uh, I think we kind of covered that. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I didn't realize how much of this I talked about earlier. Yeah, um, but I was going to say the MCU Spider-Man, the MCU supporting characters. Yeah, it's like how I, how I felt. Like, Andrew and Toby were previously untainted characters, and, like, I felt them, you know, kind of like, okay, they this would not be things said previously, but they're being said now. Yeah. And... It's whatever. We could touch a little bit on the supporting characters now. I think in this new trilogy for MCU Spider-Man, I hope they do focus more on the supporting characters. I'm very like, interested to see who they're going to be because, like we yeah. said, we don't know if MJ's going to return or Ned. You know, they yeah. could, but, you know, might, might not. It wouldn't... It would kind of undermine what they... Him learning that lesson if yeah. they bring him back. Because I think it would make sense to bring in, like, a Gwen Stacy or... I think Black Cat would make the most sense because... She is like a uh, uh, anti-hero, I think, and she's a hero in her own right. So yeah, Tom when Tom Peter find what good is to her, you yes. know, apart from God. So Tom Peter wouldn't have that. Um, but she's the love interest. Um, uh, so like she, Tom Peter wouldn't have that conflict of like, I don't want to be with you because, um, you know, you're I don't, like you're yeah, like MJ, like he like MJ can't defend herself from evil. So, but right. like. If Black Cat is a hero, like she can defend herself, so Tom doesn't have to have that conflict with himself. So I think yeah. if they introduce Black Cat and then Gwen Stacy, it would make a love triangle really interesting. That would um, be really, especially because like we, it's hard to think of Tom Holland as like an adult because we've had him as such a young kid this whole time. Yeah. So it's really um, for me right now thinking about that, I'm just like I don't know if I can really see Tom Holland like getting into the kind of relationship with Black Cat because Black Cat is a much more like promiscuous type. Very. She's not like, uh, you know, the, the nerdy kept to herself MJ, um, uh, MCU version MJ. Which is why I think you need a Gwen Stacy in there because then it's like, it's the conflict. It's like, do I want to be with like Gwen Stacy who's perfect, grounded, smart, everything like. But can't protect herself. But can't protect herself. And I already learned this lesson with MJ. Like, do I want to do that? Or, you know, be with Black Cat who's like, who, like it's, it's Peter Parker versus Spider-Man, you know, but Spider-Man, would probably like to be with Black Cat more because, you know, they're both yeah. heroes. They understand each other. It's just that idea. I definitely you know? agree with that. It's just, it's difficult for me to see Precious Tom, you know, get with a Black Cat. <laughs> yeah. Especially, yeah. like, knowing what I know about Black hey, Cat. Bro, put, put me, put Sydney Sweeney in those fucking things, bro. That's all I need. Um, yeah, I think other than that, though, I think the MCU Spider-Man, we kind of touched about it. Like, we want to see him become more grounded. We want to see him, you know, do what they're going to do with him after the post-trilogy. Like, yeah. just be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Progress his character depth more than so than the, let's just use him as a right, marketing right. as marketing tool. True, true. See, I think um a lot of people like to view Toby as like the definitive Spider-Man. Yeah. I think ten years time, it's one hundred percent going to be Tom. Like everyone's going to be like, this is this is Spider-Man right here. Right. And I'm I I would agree with that. I think a lot when we were going through the first three of his movies, um, there's definitely a lot of critique about his character. And um, it's not necessarily a critique that I disagree with, with disagree with, but I think it's critique being given too fast. Yeah. See, like with all the other two Spider Men, they were given a movie, and there was no guarantee of movies following, which is great because they told a complete story in one movie. Mm -hmm. But when we got Tom Holland Spider Man, he was first introduced as like a a thirty to forty minute character in Civil War, and we know that he's gonna come back. So when I was originally watching these movies. Um, it, you were watching them as standalone. I was, I was not trying to look for a one complete story with each of them. I was trying to understand that, like, okay, this is a character that we're going to clearly have more than three movies on. Like, I'm going to allow his character to take the time to learn these lessons. Because, like, everyone's like, 
he, you know, there's, he's not a good fucking Spider-Man by the end of the, at, at 14 years old. He's 14 years old in the first movie, bro. <laughs> like, we can't expect him to, like, ha- have any clue of what he's going to do or, like, what he thinks a hero should be. He's 14 years old. Yeah. So oh, Peter's life doesn't suck. Shit movie. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, um, clearly, I, I, you know, I agree with some of the critiques. They weren't wrong. I think it was just premature critiques. Yeah, because I think now it's more understandable you can look at this trilogy as one big movie so like so the first so in, in, in each movie you yeah, got yeah, yeah. you got glimpses of each lesson that he was going to learn you know yeah. like like tony stark telling him he's like if you're nothing without the suit then you shouldn't have it at all like that's a lesson that he should learn and then so like if you watch the movies like all back to back to back you can see that growth like like this would be his spider-man one like all three of his movies would be his spider-man one you know like learning how to be a character because he loses everything you know yeah and i'm very happy that like marvel took that chance on it too yeah because i i don't like to think that especially john watts who seems to be a, a very heartfelt um director in the same way that sam raimi was um i think he knows what he's doing with his characters and stuff like he has a very clear vision with what he wants to do and like i can tell the director is like directing this movie and it's not, you know, Kevin Feige producing this movie. Right. So, um, I'm very happy that he was given the space to like allow, um, Tom Holland, Spider-Man to, like you said, allow this trilogy to be like Spider-Man one, like give him the time to like learn these things. Cause like I said, he's 14 at, at, um, Spider-Man Homecoming. He, he, he's just in high school. He just finished high school. But by, by the end of Spider-Man 1, like, like even like 40 minutes into Spider-Man 1, right. he just finished high school. Like, motherfuckers are like, nah, he needs to know everything about what it means to be the philosophy of what being a hero means at 14 years old. Yeah, so, like, so, come on. Yeah, just think about that timeline. So, by the end of No Way Home, he just finished high school because of the blip and stuff. At the By the end of Spider-Man 1, Toby's already graduated, I think. And, and then I think yeah, he graduates in the first movie. Yeah, so... He's already older than Tom, so like he has yeah. he has that all that. So and then I think in Tassim one, Tassim one, does he graduate? No, Tassim two is when they graduate from high school, right? Yeah, because that's the speech and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, so he had so he had two movies to go through high school. You know, Tom barely finished high school in three. So like he still has the whole True. adult life to you know to grow into this character and all that. So yeah, I think uh, MCU Spider Man is definitely gonna be better. And but in ten years time, we'll be looking back at hundred percent calling it now. Um, other than that though. Um, we kind of already covered, you know, Toby and Andrew kind of thing. I think we're just kind of down to the closing statements. I think. Hundred percent. I think if you have anything else to say, I think uh, I'll I'll just end with I think this movie was good. Uh, I'm excited for what they do with Spider-Man in the future. I'm excited for what MCU does in general in terms of Phase Four. Um, I'll just say what what are you what are you looking forward to the most? I think. I'm looking forward to see this year from from Marvel. Oh, uh, this year, probably Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness. Um, I'm not familiar. Uh, let's see. We got Moon Knight coming out. Uh, what else is coming out? I don't think. Uh, oh, uh, Thor, Thor, Love and Thunder is coming out. Yeah, it's coming out. To, oh, dude, I'm excited for Thor, dude. I fuck with Thor. I'm so. I'm actually really curious what they do with this character. I'm curious. Yeah, I'll put it that way. But I'm excited for Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is gonna be crazy, especially if all the leaks are true. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, true. Um, I've been avoiding leaks on that one too, though. Like there's something coming out. There's another movie coming out, I think, but I don't remember what. I was funny. I was going through my Cinemark Rewards thing, and it was telling me all the upcoming movies. I, yeah. I can't remember. Dude, it I think there's a movie coming out in like November, December. I just don't know what it is. Um, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm really excited for fucking Fantastic Four, bro. I hope they get that right. For real, like all they need to do to get it right is make John Krasinski. Right? That's <laughs> all they got to do to make it yeah. right. You get yeah. and Sandra Bullock, maybe I guess, but like literally, they don't have to do anything else. Yeah, I really hope because that that shit's like Fantastic Four is like huge in the MCU. 
Yeah, uh, like, I really and I really want to see like Silver Surfer and like and and uh, Doctor Doom is a really like a uh, popular character. Yeah, definitely. Especially and especially in terms of villains. Yeah, and uh, Fantastic Four is really inter- uh, pretty integral, integral. That's the word I'm looking for. To Spider Man. To Spider Man's like Johnny Storm, right? Yeah, Johnny Storm, and as well as like, um, like Spider Man tries to become part of the Fantastic Four and like right, right, Amazing right. Fantasy like three or something. Yeah, and um, like that that'd be perfect because we've already set up this new Peter Parker to like, he's like fresh. He's like brand new. And it's like, let's say he just follows that, you know, that same amazing fantasy storyline where like he tries to become part of the fantastic four and then gets knocked out of it. And like that'd be so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. There's so much the MCU can do, you know, there's blade coming out. Obviously I forgot about that. Blades coming out. Eternals two. Oh, black Panther. Black Panther is coming out this year. I think, um, that's what it was. Um, yeah, so much. I'm story. extra curious for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, unfortunate events. Yeah, sadly, uh, God rest Chadwick Boseman, uh, rest his soul. Um, there's yeah, there's just a lot to come out this year. I'm I'm excited, but um, other than that though, I think uh, that's a, that's all for me. If you have anything else to say, oh man, I'm uh, very excited to see uh, Tom Holland, uh, Spider Man, I guess over the course of because like. Like I said, obviously we're gonna see him go small time again. That's the most logical way to take his character. Um, but of course he's gonna be part of you know the Galactus you know All that fight. Shit. Like I cannot wait to see you know because there's a lot of times where like he's gonna be the the lead like how Iron Man was the lead of Phase One. People speculate that Spider Man's gonna be the lead of Phase Two, and I'm very interested to see that because of like where he is now to see him grow up to be like a leader, a leader and yeah. like that'll be. That's why I think he'd become the perfect Spider-Man in ten to fifteen years' time, where everyone's gonna be like, "That was Spider-Man." Like that's that's what Spider-Man is. Yeah, he's he sometimes you have to serve to lead. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a, like it's uh, a reference from the Iliad. Uh, also, Troy. I watched Troy last night. <laughs> God damn, I was gonna reference uh, Dune. You know, uh, a true leader does not seek to lead; it, it calls to him. <laughs> yeah, I think I think yeah, uh, he might even. No, uh, I was gonna say he might be Young Avengers, but he's he's gonna be older by then. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's all from us. We, yeah, we appreciate definitely. you guys listening to this. Um, if you also like, like I said, if you haven't listened to our Igor analysis, please listen to that. Um, yeah, definitely. We kind of did this as the second episode. That way, you get the idea that we're not just doing music. This is like art uh, being um, detailed, and just giving flowers too. Like we want to give flowers to things that yeah. are pretty underappreciated. Because even something like Igor is probably even underappreciated to by the masses in the mainstream especially yeah i'd say like to me and you like there's the i like to think of music as like tears like the a tier i mean my bad the the s tier music is like what's played on the radio and that's what the majority of people listen to but every tier after that is like all the music that like people that dig just a smidge more Mm -hmm. like love and appreciate and i'd say igor's just right there like it's it just needs to be pushed up so that everyone in the world could understand it but everyone that like loves music has listened to igor yeah so and then obviously spider-man like everybody knows spider-man but yeah uh so well maybe we'll do some more underrated things i do have uh we do have something in mind for our next episode which is probably going to be an album yeah i think so so um should we we shouldn't leak it no uh no i don't think so no no okay we'll we'll keep that in mind just um yeah yeah we'll keep just keep that in mind our next uh in-depth analysis will probably be another album we're a very known artist. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so... Um, that you, has been on the radio. That has been on the radio. So keep that in mind. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, hopefully we'll be, we'll be back with uh, Thomas as well for another episode of Interview and Meeting Our Friends and stuff. But uh, other than that, thank you guys for listening to the 20s and 2s. Jordan Medina and Daniel Hampshire. Out. That's me. Peace out, guys. See ya. That's it.